What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to The Boochcast. This week, we are bringing back the Power Rangers compilation as we are getting into part three of all the Power Ranger episodes that we have reviewed over the past couple years. This is a special treat that we're giving out for all the Power Ranger fans here on The Boochcast that enjoyed all the Power Ranger reviews that we did as we were going through all of the different Power Rangers series over the years from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers all the way up to Beast Morphers. Now, as a reminder, I will say Beast Morphers is on its own separate track. And that track is called 
Rangers Forever, Defenders Together. So if you want to see the review of Power Rangers Beast Morphers, that's where that is. And on these classics, we're basically starting with Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and going all the way up to Ninja Steel. Now, on part one, we started with Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and went all the way up to Time Force. And on part two, we started with... Power Rangers Wild Force and went all the way up to Jungle Fury, which I enjoyed doing because Jungle Fury was uh, one of my favorites. In fact, after I uh, was done recording, as I was editing, I was looking up other videos online and I happened to come across the Power Rangers YouTube channel and discovered that they were doing a live stream of the Jungle Fury series. They've also done this with Mega Force and Super Samurai, which the other two we're going to be mentioning in this compilation here. And Jungle Fury, as I mentioned before, was in the last compilation so I got a chance to watch Jungle Fury all over again and it reminded me how kick-ass that was but obviously I'm not going to get into that here because that's on the previous compilation but my goal is to hopefully be done with all the Power Rangers compilations on this track uh, the reason I say that is because at the time that I'm recording this um, I haven't spliced in the other Power Rangers episodes yet so we're going to see how far I can go and if I can make it all the way before the three hour cutoff with the last of these series then this will be the last compilation if there are any left over and we don't make it to the three hour limit, then I'm going to have to put those on a separate track as well. And for those of you that want to know more about this Power Ranger journey, um, obviously you're going to hear the story frequently throughout each of these episodes because I mentioned it a lot because at the time these were all on separate tracks. But before you check this out, I highly suggest you go back and watch Power Rangers Compilation Part 1 and Power Rangers Compilation Part 2. That way, you'll be all caught up to speed. If you've already listened to those two, then sit back and enjoy as we present to you Part 3 of the Power Rangers Compilation. And on that note, I'm going to take a short break here. And when I come back, we're going to kick this off with Power Rangers RPM here on the Boochcast. So you guys sit tight. I shall return right after this. A computer virus has built armies of robotic soldiers and taken control of our world. But there is still one place we can be safe. The domed city of Corinth. And the only hope we have left is... Hello, and welcome back to the Boochcast. During the break, we played the theme song to Power Rangers RPM, which a lot of people have said that even though they loved uh, this particular season of the Power Rangers, apparently this is ranked as one of the worst theme songs in the history of the show. 
Now, you guys can debate whether or not you feel that is the case. I will say that it's slightly catchy and got stuck in my head, but I wouldn't call it one of my favorites either. But either way, I had to play it because it's the theme song to Power Rangers RPM. But before we get into Power Rangers RPM, uh, I do have to do my usual spiel whenever I talk about the Power Rangers. Old fans hate it, but new fans need to hear it because I always assume there's new episodes jumping in here at any given time. So I most certainly have to bring this up. Now, for those of you who may not know, this is the backstory. About three years ago, when The Regular Guys was temporarily back on the radio, Larry and I were working together at 1230 The Fan 2 alongside Bob Whitfield, uh, Big John, and uh, Brandon Joseph, who we called uh, BJ. And we were all working together on The Regular Guys show at 1230 The Fan 2. And we got on the show around July of 2017. So when we saw that Dragon Con was coming up in September, we didn't find out until like a week or two before it started, and we tried to see if we could get me onto Dragon Con as a media person. Now, we were able to squeeze me in at the last minute, but because I was able to squeeze in, I was not able to get an opportunity to interview any big-name people that were there. However, I did get a chance to grab some really great interviews with some other names. I interviewed uh, Kevin Dockery from the Armory. I interviewed Teresa Patterson, who's in charge of the night battles and the blade section she was the track director for the armory i also interviewed archangel films uh angelique fawcett uh was able to let me interview her while i saw the premiere of her movie unbelievable which featured 40 star trek actors from across the star trek movies and tv series as well as a captain kirk that was done in the form of a team america puppet the villain was played by gilbert gottfried and it was very very entertaining Loved every minute of it. So I did get a chance to do some cool things. But while I was there, I bumped into a guy who was wearing a old school Mighty Morphin Power Rangers t-shirt. So I found out he was a Power Ranger fan. Now, I myself as a kid loved the Power Rangers. In fact, it's the one thing that I probably loved more than I love wrestling was the Power Rangers. And I recently started watching like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and Zeo and stuff on Netflix. So I was having some fun with it. But then as we were talking, he asked me about my Power Ranger history and I told him the truth which was when I was a kid, I watched from the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers all the way up to Lost Galaxy. Then I stopped. I I saw bits and pieces of the other of the two ones that followed which was Lightspeed Rescue and Time Force but I didn't really watch like full episodes I didn't know the stories and I stopped watching then when T- Dino Thunder came on I watched that because it had Jason David Frank came back so that was enough for me to watch then I kind of crossed over to SPD because it looked really cool but then after SPD I stopped and I never watched Power Rangers ever again didn't know the stories didn't know what the names were I knew nothing about the Power Rangers after that I stopped well as I started talking to this guy he was explaining to me how great the other Power Rangers stories were. He started breaking down some of this history, some of the stories, a lot of the other things, and I asked him at one point, you know, do you really think I should go back and binge watch those other shows? He said, absolutely. You will love them if you truly love the Power Rangers. So, because every Power Rangers series imaginable is on Netflix, I took it upon myself to go and binge watch all the other Power Rangers series. And right now, currently, I'm on Power Rangers Ninja Steel, and I'm on episode 14. So I'm halfway through the first season, almost halfway through the first season, because there's 22 episodes for both seasons, and I'm on episode 14, which means I'm almost done with the first season of Ninja Steel. And then, of course, there's Beast Morphers after that, which came out this year, and 
and you know season one is already on Netflix season two hasn't come out yet because it's still in production even though parts of it have stopped because of the pandemic so it's given me a chance to kind of play catch up a little bit and I recently discovered on Instagram because I follow the Power Rangers on Instagram that they're actually already coming out with a new series for 2021 and that is Power Rangers Dino Fury which is kind of making me laugh because now I'm starting to realize okay they're running out of ideas because they've had Dino Thunder Dino Charge Jungle Fury all this other shit now we're doing Dino Fury which means they're going back to having dinosaurs involved which is going to be interesting and don't get me wrong I'm going to watch it because like I said I've been enjoying the Power Ranger journey thus far and I know once I finish watching all the Power Ranger series all the way up to when Dino Fury and everybody comes out the best part about it is it'll be a long long time before I talk about Power Rangers again because I'm ultimately just throwing them in there to get everything done because I kind of stopped after Operation Overdrive I kind of took a break from it but then when I saw that Operation Overdrive was coming up fast on the recaps and I realized I'm in the middle of a pandemic so I'm not working as much at HVMA and you know I can't really go anywhere I thought let me start binge watching these shows again so I, I hooked up on Jungle Fury got that done in a day I watched RPM got that done in a day and then I just started working on all the other ones that were coming up like Samurai which I'll talk about soon and then megaforce and dino charge now i'm on ninja steel which i'm watching on again and off again because i got so much stuff going on right now i'm trying to fill up so much content that ninja steel is not getting as much of my time as i would like but because beast morphers is next and dino fury is not coming out for a while i figure i can pace myself now with the power rangers i don't have to binge watch like a madman to get content in. Plus, with Elvis and Booge go to the movies and a few other things going on, I don't have to rush to get the Power Rangers done. I feel like I can just pace myself now. So, basically, when I get to a point where I absolutely need to talk about Ninja Steel is when I'll probably start binge-watching like a motherfucker all over again. But anyway, we'll now get on to Power Rangers RPM, which is the 17th season of the American children's television series Power Rangers, which uses footage, costumes, and other props from the Super Sentai series. In the case of RPM, the season was an adaptation of Engine Sentai Go Onger, the 32nd installment of the series. The series was the third and final to air on ABC stations, premiering March 7th, 2009 on ABC Kids. Due to the low ratings of the preceding season Jungle Fury, RPM was also the final season to be produced and distributed by Disney and renaissance atlantic entertainment putting the series on a two-year hiatus until the premiere of power rangers samurai in 2011 so this one really was a tough one to come by you know jungle fury really disappointed a lot of people i personally enjoyed it as i mentioned on the last time i talked about it but anyway the story is an ai computer virus named vengix takes over all of the earth's computers creates an army of robot grinder droids and destroys or enslaves almost all of humanity only the city of corinth remains protected by an almost impenetrable force field from the toxic atmosphere of the wasteland outside benzik tries various plans to destroy corneth and dr k's rpm power rangers fight to protect it so basically this is one of the most interesting of the series because there's a computer virus involved that ultimately is the villain and then you find out that dr k played by olivia Tennant, was the one who actually created the virus mostly because she was isolated as a kid 
kid and wanted to go outside. So vengeance was her friend. But then she realized she was releasing this virus. She tried to stop it, but before she could stop it, she was kidnapped or taken away by these, you know, crazy doctors and stuff that were holding her hostage to examine her and all this other creepy shit. So they're trying to basically save their asses. But in the process, they allowed this virus to get released, which means they almost uh, arrest Dr. K before they realize that even though Dr. K released the virus, it was an accident, and she inevitably wants to help the Rangers save the day. And then, of course, um, the Power Rangers, which consists of uh, Scott Truman, who's the Red Ranger, Flynn McAllister, who's the Blue Ranger, uh, Summer Lansdowne, who's the Yellow Ranger, Ziggy Grover as the Green Ranger, Dylan as the Black Ranger, and then they have Jem and Gemma, who are the Gold and Silver Rangers, and we're also close friends with Dr. K. And when those friends inevitably disappeared, that's why Dr. K tried to create uh, herself as a computer voice before admitting it's a real person because she didn't want to get emotional with the Rangers because she was afraid of losing friends again. But inevitably, that's what happens. In fact, at one point, she actually falls in love and has a crush on Ziggy and they figure that out because Ziggy ends up being a secret password that they have to use to shut down a bomb, which is kind of crazy because they had to break into, because someone hacked into Dr. K's computer system and they had to get the password to get it out and the password was Ziggy because Dr. K secretly has a crush on Ziggy, especially when Ziggy uh, saves her life from a fight and also because she hangs out with Ziggy kind of goes on like a hangout slash date because you know Ziggy was going to go outside and Dr. K goes with her she never gets to go outside and it was her birthday and she really wanted to go outside but also she likes Ziggy so it's kind of an interesting thing there now of course there's Dylan who's the Black Ranger her and uh, Summer basically have a kind of you know on again off again crush on each other it's one of those inevitable Power Ranger couples that are going to get together but it doesn't happen until the end of the movie so Dylan is basically an outsider and it opened on him outside in the trenches of every thing and he's basically has this cool badass car that he drives and he's also a really good mechanic and he basically is out there in the barren wasteland well he bumps into Ziggy and they end up basically hanging out together because Ziggy needs somebody to help him because Ziggy used to work for the mob but what happened was he stole a bunch of they were transporting a bunch of medical supplies well he stole the medical supplies but what he did with it was he brought it to a nearby orphanage that had a lot of sick kids that needed the medical supplies and Ziggy never confessed to what he did because he was worried the mob would go after the kids so he tried to make it seem like he stole the shipment for himself to spend the money and everybody thinks that Ziggy's a greedy son of a bitch which to a degree he is but he also has a soft spot for kids and so anyway Dylan and Ziggy kind of become friends and they're hanging out and then eventually they get to this um this barren area where they end up getting into Corneth and they break in but inevitably they become rangers and everything because the morphers bond with them it's one of those bonding shit things and of course Scott Truman is a aviator pilot whose father is Colonel Mason and also, you know, his brother was killed in a battle and the dad is so resentful, he kind of blames Scott for it in a way and everything just goes awkward. Like, basically, his son was supposed to be the one that would be the Red Ranger and would do all this other stuff and then, you know, eventually Scott spent, does win over his father's love and trust, but he it's it's like an uphill battle. So you're seeing a lot of emotional shit happening here. It's, one, it's another one of those situations where the Ranger saga takes a dark turn and it hadn't been dark for a while so this was just really gritty shit 
Especially since there's this one girl, one of the villains, is Tanaya 715, who is an android that is also fighting them. And you also find out that Dylan is also part android, because Dylan and Tanaya were both held hostage and were being experimented on in a lab. So Dylan at one point is constantly fighting the fact that inevitably he could turn into a android and become evil, like Tanaya. But then they discover through a music box that Tanaya and Dylan are brother and sister. So now he's trying to save Tanaya. Then everyone they brainwash her, then he has to save her life all over again. And it's this another ongoing story. And then Flynn, he's just a dude with a cool accent that's comedically funny and very, very cool. And then you find out that Summer used to be this prissy, uptight princess that basically the type of spoiled chick that you would never like in a million years. But then when the apocalypse happens, all her rich friends basically abandon her and it's just her and her butler. And the butler actually sacrifices himself to save Summer and that's what changes Summer's perspective from a prissy, uptight, rich chick to a badass fighter. And she kind of does it to like avenge the death of her butler that was also her friend. And, you know, she even asked him before he died at one point, why did you keep putting up with me? And he said, because I know the type of woman you're capable of being. And I look forward to the day when you finally realize it and become her. And it's one of those emotional moments, again, that makes you cry, um, especially if you have a heart and a soul. You know, it's very, very uplifting and very, very badass. And everything becomes entertainment in this. Like, everything is great. The, the emotion, the stories, the twists and turns. This is what Power Rangers is all about. It shows the strength of a team, but also the emotions playing everything. And they take they, it takes really dark turns, but if you ride it out, it becomes great. And of course, like most Power Ranger episodes that have come before it, there's always constant battling between the bad guys like General Shifter, General Crunch and everything else they're constantly at odds fighting each other Tanaya 715 you know wondering if she can be trusted there's all this back and forth and craziness and it's very entertaining so you know like I said before the Power Rangers RPM is definitely a show that I would highly recommend you know and it's definitely something you want to check out if you're a fan of Power Rangers, if you're a fan of great stories, if you're a fan of if you're a fan of action, if you're a fan of romance, if you're a fan of plot twists, um, and everything else, it's great. Especially when they inevitably save the day. And of course, the whole thing ends with um, you know, the Rangers kind of taking off. The remaining Rangers uh, vow to soldier on before Vengeance can regroup himself his armies. Gem and Gemma return with help from Dr. Keggs. They were killed at one point. Vengeance destroyed while Gem and Gemma destroy the support beams to the command center and drop it on Avengix. The Earth is now saved. In the last scene, Red Light appears in the Red Ranger's Morpher, hinting at Vengeix's survival. So you're wondering if he comes back and... What's interestingly enough is at the end, Ziggy, Summer, and Dylan kind of ride off together. And what's funny is, in the beginning of the show, Dylan drives by, sees this little flower, and waters it, and then keeps driving. When he comes back, he's driving along again, he sees a little bit more of a field, but he still finds that same yellow flower and waters it one more time. And it's a great symbolism moment, very, very entertaining, and I highly recommend this to everyone. It is so much action, so much excitement that it will keep you on the edge of your seat. You know, their theme song says, Power Rangers RPM, get in gear. They get in gear. And if I'm recommending a Power Rangers show to you, it means something. Because 
Like I said, I'm sitting, I'm binge watching all these Power Ranger shows so you don't have to. And I'm basically recommending the ones that are good and I'm recommending the ones that suck. My only complaint with this Power Ranger season is the one that I have with a lot of the seasons. And that is one thing. And that is Jungle Fury makes no appearance. That's another thing that I've had issues with in the past was no Power Ranger team-ups. There's no point where they get transported back in time. In fact, the closest you see to it is at one point Ziggy comes walking out of a pizza cafe that has the same name as the Jungle Fury pizza place. That's the only thing. There's a Jungle Karma pizza in there. And I'm sorry, but I would have liked to have seen the Jungle Fury Rangers working in that pizza place. At some point, they go back to that pizza place, they're working in there, and they, or the person working at the Jungle Fury place, or pizza place, can contact that place, because they know, maybe franchise managers know which is contact info, and that could have brought the, the Jungle Fury Rangers in for a team-up. Because I hate when they don't do crossovers. I hate that. There could have been a way to bring them in there. If you could find a way to do Lightspeed Rescue and Time Force, you could find a way to fucking do this. You could have found a way to have the RPM situation where Jungle Fury comes in and helps them out in some way. Like, I don't know, maybe Venjix hacks into the past or something and is now spreading viruses through there. So now they gotta go back in, they gotta go back to that dimension in order to save them. So they team with the Jungle Rangers and they save the Jungle Fury area and then after that they go back to their time to continue fighting vengeance there. They could have found a story. And it really bothers me when they don't do team-ups and crossovers because that's what we all want to see. And I really feel like those shows deserve that. All right, and that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up my review of Power Rangers RPM. We're going to take a short break here. And when we come back, we'll get into Power Rangers Samurai here on the Boochcast. So you guys sit tight. We shall return right after this. Hello, and welcome back to the Boochcast. During the break, we played the theme song to Power Rangers Samurai, which is the next Power Rangers show we are going to be reviewing here on the Boochcast. But before we get to Power Rangers Samurai, I have to do the traditional thing that I always do that a lot of the regulars of the Boochcast uh, nation do not like, but I have to do it anyway because you never know when somebody new will stumble upon this show. So I always have to tell the story. Because a lot of people are probably wondering, Booch, why are you talking about the Power Rangers and why are you reviewing Power Rangers shows from long, long, long ago? Well, the answer is simple. Here's the story. About three years ago, 
when I was part of the regular guy's show when we were briefly on 1230 The Fan 2. Larry had managed to get a press pass at the last minute to get me to go to Dragon Con as a member of the press. Now the bad part is because we were there at the last minute, we weren't be able to we weren't able to book any big name guests and I wasn't able to secure a lot of interviews. I basically had to come up with interviews on the fly and make do with what I could. And I did interview some great people. I met uh, Kevin Dockery who was in charge of the armory, which used to be part of Dragon Con before it got taken out. I interviewed Teresa Patterson who was the track director for the armory but also in charge of the blade section with the and the swords and the knight fights that were like, you know, people in knight armor, like MMA style fights, which was very entertaining. Got to watch that. I interviewed their points champion as well. Also, I got a chance to interview uh, Archangel Entertainment. I met a woman named Angelique Fawcett, who I'm still friends with today. And her and her husband working on a movie entitled Unbelievable, which was a Star Trek movie uh, that had 40 Star Trek actors in it. It was a parody movie and it also had a Captain Kirk character that was played by a Team America puppet and voiced by I'm not sure. I know the villain was Gilbert Gottfried. Very hilarious movie. Very entertaining. So anyway, while I was there enjoying uh, the sights and everything while also researching and doing other assignments like the regular guys wanted me to get girls phone numbers. So I was doing that in the midst of walking around and getting to look at everything else. I bumped into this random guy who had a Power Rangers t-shirt on. We talked for a little bit, and at one point I brought up the fact that I was a Power Rangers fan too, and he was telling me about uh, the Power Rangers and the history and everything, and he asked me, like, you know, how big of a fan I was. And I told him that I was a fan going all the way back to Mighty Morphin in 1993, and how I had watched all the way up to Lost Galaxy, and then I stopped. After Lost Galaxy, I kind of stopped. I saw bits and pieces of Lightspeed Rescue, but not enough to know the whole story. And then I saw the, the theme song to Time Force, but never really sat through an entire an episode of that. So I just stopped watching all the I stopped watching completely. Then I got to Power Rangers Dino Thunder, and I saw that Jason David Frank, who played Tommy Oliver, the most legendary of all the Rangers, was back. And that intrigued me to sit and watch Dino Thunder, and I heavily got into it. Then I saw SPD, and I got heavily into that. But then after SPD, I stopped. And I never watched Power Rangers ever again since that day. And obviously a lot of Power Ranger episodes had happened since then. I never watched them. I never cared about them. I never gave them the time of day. But as I was talking to this guy, he was telling me more about those Power Ranger episodes and the stories and how great they were and the evolution of the show over time. And, you know, we really got into a great Power Ranger discussion. And what really drew me to this story was the fact that I had never met someone so passionate about the Power Rangers since I was a kid. And me and all my friends watched Power Rangers and loved it so much. We used to play Power Rangers and decide which Rangers we were going to be and he brought that passion for the Power Rangers back in me. So ultimately I asked him, seriously, do you really think it's worth me checking out these other Power Rangers shows? And he said, absolutely, 100%. So I began a quest because all the Power Ranger episodes, minus season two of Beast Morphers, is on Netflix. So I thought, you know what? I got a couple of shows that I'm watching on Netflix and I have a bit of a rotation of shows I was watching on cable TV. I'm gonna add Power Rangers to the list. So I started this journey and I started from the first episode of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and proceeded to binge as far as I could go. 
And along the way, I was hitting up certain episodes and putting episodes on certain, uh, you know, episode on certain podcast episodes. And in the beginning, I did Mighty Morphin Power Rangers all the way up to Rangers in Space on one episode because the four of those seasons were a continuous story. And then from Lost Galaxy on forward, I would put each Power Ranger season on its own separate podcast episode because it had its own individual story to tell. Now, currently on my Power Ranger journey, there has been an update. As of right now, I am 100% completely done with Power Rangers Ninja Steel. I finished it uh, about Wednesday of last week was when I ultimately finished it. Um, I binge watched it a little on Tuesday night and then finished it up on Wednesday. So now I'm completely done with Ninja Steel. And now I have Beast Morphers coming up, but I've decided that because of the pandemic you know season two is kind of on a delay and they have announced that there will be a new power ranger show coming out dino fury in 2021 so what i'm thinking is once the pandemic is over which i think will probably be sometime in the fall because i know that's when other shows will be resuming their filming and uh you know post-production duties ultimately season two will be done i'm hoping that season two of beast morphers will end up on netflix before dino fury ultimately comes out so so once we get season two of Beast Morphers on Netflix and a date's been set for Dino Fury, that's when I will start binge watching Power Rangers Beast Morphers. And then once I'm done with Beast Morphers, I'll be all caught up and then Dino Fury will be on. And I'll be honest, I'm going to start watching Dino Fury because I've got the I've got the passion for the Power Rangers back and I'm excited. And also, I'm not in a rush to watch Beast Morphers because because I'm all done with Ninja Steel. I've got plenty of time before I ultimately have to talk about, you know, everything else. So I can wait till we get closer to Dino Fury to talk about Beast Morphers. And because we have so much other content coming up soon on the Boochcast, I know I can pace the few remaining shows I had to talk about. So right now we're going to jump on into Power Rangers Samurai. It is the 18th season of the American children's television series Power Rangers, which is based on the Japanese Super Sentai series. And apparently Super Sentai is also on Netflix, by the way. This season was the first to be produced by SCG Power Rangers after Saban Brand a successor to the original production company Saban Entertainment acquired the franchise and it is the first to use the Saban name since the first half of Power Rangers Wild Force. The season marks the franchise debut on Nickelodeon premiering on the main network and Nicktoons on February 7, 2011. Samurai uses props and footage from Samurai Sentai Shikenger and according to press material had a brighter tone and an infusion of fun and comedy that wasn't presented in season 16 and 17. Of course, they're talking about RPM. Samurai is also the first season to be shot and broadcast in HD, though 2006's Borkenger, which was adapted into Operation Overdrive, was the first Super Sentai series to be shot in HD. Preceding Power Rangers seasons weren't. Samurai also returns the series to a multi-seasonal format. The second season that was titled Power Rangers Super Samurai began on February 18, 2012. It is officially considered the 19th season overall. So Power Rangers Samurai really brought things back into the, the, uh, the fold. And what was interesting was the fact that it's the first season since Mighty Morphin Power Rangers to have more than one season. Because the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was three seasons long. 
It lasted three seasons, and then there was Zeo, which was one season, Turbo, which was one season, Space, which was one season, and so on and so forth. So now with Samurai, the first season is Power Rangers Samurai, and then the second season is Super Samurai. So basically, by the end of the first season, something happens, and the Samurai Rangers, you know, lose their powers. And then in second season, they get an upgrade to Super Samurai. What I also like about this is that this is the first time in, I believe... Since the original Power Rangers, no, actually no, I say since Power Rangers Zeo, this is the first time you ever hear the words, go, go Power Rangers, in a theme song. Because from Power Rangers Turbo on forward, they didn't include, you know, every theme song didn't have go, go Power Rangers and that, and that instrumental that followed it. So Samurai kind of brought that back. And then it started to carry on through the other seasons, but we'll get to that, those other seasons at a later date. So the basic plot is the Samurai Power Rangers, the Red Ranger, Jaden Sheba, the Stoic Leader, Blue Ranger, Kevin Douglas, the Devoted Second-in-Command, Pink Ranger, Mia Watanabe, the Big Sister, Green Ranger, Mike Fernandez, the Creative Rebel, Yellow Ranger, Emily Stewart, the Youngest and Most Innocent, and the Gold Ranger, Antonio Garcia, the Expressive Fisherman Tequiz, fight the evil Xandrid and his army of Nylocks, who want to flood the planet with the waters of the Sansu River to bring about the end of civilization. And of course, Xandrid is this guy who constantly has headaches, has to take this medicine, and then there's this like lady that constantly plays music for him, and I believe that's uh, Dayu is her, you know, playing that musical instrument. And then of course, you know, he has a Serrator that's there, and then Decker, who is um, a cursed fighter who's, you find out later, is married to Dayu, but they were, and they were both human. But then, when their village was attacked, uh, she, he vowed to spare Xandrid, De- vowed to spare Decker's life if Dayu became his servant and became a Nylock. So she agreed, she sacrificed herself to save her husband, but then he pulled a trick by saying that he would erase his memory and make him forget they were ever married. So she knows that her and Decker are married. Decker has no memory of her. And what's interesting enough is Decker, if you look real closely, is Cole Evans, the Red Wild Force Ranger. Now, obviously, this isn't the actual Cole Evans. It's the actor playing a different character. So this is a Wild Force crossover. But they, you know, ended up bringing him back in a different role, which I think is kind of cool when you think about it. And then, of course, you have Derek Judge, who's Serrator. You have Professor Cog. You have Sergeant Shred, General Gut. And then, of course, there's the servant that constantly goes, ooh, ah, ooh, like every 10 seconds. And I will say, that's the one negative about Power Rangers Samurai. In fact, ooh, ah, ooh is said so many times in this entire Samurai series. At one point, I was debating whether or not to, t- to call this week's episode either Samurai Forever or ooh, ah, ooh. But I realized if I called this episode ooh, ah, ooh, people would get confused. People would be like, what the fuck? And if I had to keep saying ooh ah ooh eventually y'all would have been like booch seriously cut that shit out so starting now i'm gonna cut that shit out and basically what's interesting about each of these rangers is that they all have their own unique personalities as i mentioned before but also the red ranger Jaden is basically he's the guy that's training the hardest out of everybody because his whole goal is to ultimately defeat the nylocks 
to avenge his father, who ultimately put the power in his hands, or so we thought. Because throughout this entire thing, Jaden is training, but he also has a secret. And throughout the series, he talks about this secret. He goes into this secret. And he never really tells what the secret is, but him and the sensei know all about it. Mentor G knows all about it. And it's very, very interesting, which we'll get to. And then, of course, uh, Mia, she's the pink ranger. Her big thing is she likes to cook, but she's fucking terrible at it. Like, literally everybody in that group, even the sensei, is like, I can't fucking handle this. Like, nobody likes her cooking. Now, they eat it because they don't want to hurt her feelings. But ultimately, they're like, Jesus Christ, this bitch can't cook. Now, of course, Mike, the Green Ranger, he's the constant rebel in the group. And what that means is he's constantly trying to march to the beat of his own drum. He likes to do his own thing. He rarely works within the team. And he makes so many mistakes that a lot of times he almost gets kicked off the team. Or at least suspended. Or sits on the bench because he had to learn to, you know, work within a team. Because if you can't... Because that's one of the key things about the Power Rangers and also the key things to succeeding in a lot of areas. Is you have to learn to work together as a team in order to accomplish things. Because if there's someone in the team who's not willing to contribute, you gotta kick them you gotta kick them to the curb. The only way it works is for all of them to work together. And eventually the Rangers learn that over time. And that's why a lot of at first when certain Rangers don't get along or certain Rangers tend to be assholes in the beginning, by the end of the whole series, they're all friends, they're all family, they're all together because they learn the value of teamwork as things progress. Now, Kevin, he is the one next to Jaden that is probably the most obsessed with the samurai code and samurai honor. Like, he truly loves being a samurai, and he was a former Olympic swimmer, or he's qualifying for the Olympics, but ultimately he left the team to go fulfill a duty of being a samurai ranger, and he never fully told his team why he left, because you can't tell the other team you're a ranger. Usually when you're a power ranger, you have to keep your identity secret. No one is allowed to know you are a power ranger, and the reason is because, A, you don't want people giving away the existence of the ranger's identities, for otherwise they'll follow you forever and ever the end of time, but also because if you know a ranger, you can be used to blackmail them. It makes you a target. That's why so many heroes try to keep their identity secret. It's not because they're afraid of being discovered. It's because they want to be able to protect the people that they love from being hurt or being used to get to him or her, whoever the hero is. And of course, Emily, she's the most like petite of all of them. But later on, she turns into the nastiest drill sergeant because here's another great thing that we haven't seen in a long time, but we get to see it now. The return of Bulk and Skull. Now, obviously, the big million dollar question, and this has gone on since uh, Wild Force when Bulk and Skull made a cameo appearance in the Forever Red episode. Why is Bulk on Earth when he was on Terra Venture and Lost Galaxy? That is still a mystery that they never fucking solved. But obviously, um, Bulk has a nephew named Spike. No, Skull has a nephew. Yeah, Skull has a son named Spike. So ultimately, Uncle Bulk is the nephew because Bulk and Skull are the best of friends. And Bulk and Spike are basically staying together. And the whole point of this is Bulk is training Spike to become a samurai because they both aspire to be samurai warriors. 
So throughout the entire season, they're doing everything they can to become samurai. They're doing their goofy antics and everything else. And that's usually where Bulk has been at this point. Because obviously in the original Power Rangers series, he was a bully for the first period. It's for the first, uh, you know, moments of the whole thing. Then eventually as they got out of school and the things changed, they later stopped being bullies and became nicer people and just all around better characters so bulk and spike throughout this entire series are going through this so at one point they end up at the dojo because spike has a crush on mia ultimately he likes mia you know because mia was you know nice to spike at his lowest point in time so he develops a crush on her and he goes to like they realize he forgot her purse or something and he goes to give it back to her because they think oh this will make me a samurai if i return it but also i can ask her out on a date so ultimately, they're not there because they're dealing with some weird situation where they've been turned into inanimate objects. There was a monster that basically takes your soul out of your body and transfers it into an object. Now, the problem is if the object gets destroyed, you die. So they have to protect the objects at all costs. So Emily was the only one that didn't get hit by all this. So she's the lone ranger in this. So they have to distract these guys. They won't leave. So they, because they want to be samurai. So Emily turns into this ruthless drill sergeant. And it's so entertaining because, like I said, she's the nicest, sweetest person on the show. Even though she's a ranger, she can still kick butt. She's just not as aggressive as a badass. She becomes a badass in this episode and tortures Bulk and Spike to the point where if they still want to be samurai, they sure as hell don't want to be trained there. So they end up ultimately running out. But then on the final episode, Bulk gets face-to-face with Skull and you find out Skull is rich and owns this like multi-million dollar company. He shows up in a limo to pick up his uh, son. He kind of talks to Bulk for a few minutes and at first they're kind of distant because they don't really talk as much as they used to. But then they start laughing and you know hugging and everything else and say how good it is to see each other because ultimately they were the best of friends and it's kind of an emotional moment you know and then Skull eventually gets in the limo and takes his son home and everything because he spent the whole summer with him and everything else in between just becomes entertaining and then of course you have the Gold Ranger Antonio Garcia his backstory is when him and Jaden were kids they trained together at the dojo so Antonio and Jaden were like brothers They weren't, they're not related, but they were like brothers, like best friends. And ultimately, uh, Antonio, his parents end up moving away. So he ends up leaving. And Jaden makes a promise to Antonio that if he ever becomes a leader of a samurai team, Antonio will be part of that team. So Antonio, after being gone for so long, eventually comes back to the dojo, finds out Jaden is a leader, and now wants to join the team. And at first, you know, Jaden wants him on the team. Then they realize Antonio's being kind of reckless and irresponsible, so he kicks him off the team. But eventually, Antonio proves himself and becomes the gold samurai ranger. Now, the big thing about Antonio is he's a samurai, but he's more of a modern-day samurai in that... He programs things, he programs samurai symbols through texting. He can reprogram certain zords and warriors and things like that, you know, with his phone. And he's more of a gadget kind of guy, as opposed to everyone else who's learning their symbols the old-fashioned way, the traditional way, the samurai way. And Kevin gets frustrated the most that Antonio's not doing things the normal samurai way. But even though Antonio marches to the beat of his own drum, he's loyal to the team and loyal to Jaden. And eventually, they patch up their friendship. Antonio joins the team and ends up being very loyal. But then one day, Jaden's secret emerges. And his secret is that Jaden 
was not the chosen one to seal away Xandrin and the Nylock. Turns out his sister Lauren was. So Lauren Sheba was sent away when they were kids. And the whole time Lauren was in hiding, all she did was train to use the right samurai symbol to lock away Xandrin. She had to master it, study it, and perfect it. And once she had perfected it and knew she was ready, she returned. In the meantime, Jaden took her place as leader of the samurai squad. But once Lauren came back, Jaden handed over the morpher. Lauren became the new Red Ranger, and she would lead the team. The only problem is... Her weapon, her seal, ended up not working. And the reason it ended up not working was because after uh, Dayu ends up helping Master Xandra's reawakening, he later um, fuses himself with her, ultimately getting rid of her, and uses the half-human part of him to be prevented from being sent back to a new dimension. So the sealing symbol doesn't work because now he's half-human. So now they have to find a way to defeat him. So it turns out uh, Lauren uh, gives uh, all the power back to Jaden, realizing he's the true leader of the Rangers. He gives more symbol power to make a second Sheba fire disc. Jaden and the others destroy Magdalena with the last of symbol power and end up ultimately winning the battle in the end. And then, of course, when it's all said and done, Lauren leaves saying she will see Jaden again because Lauren now has to basically go out and see the world because, like I said, she's been in isolation her whole life learning how to use this symbol only for it to fail. So now she's going to try and experience life. Jaden stays at the dojo because he, you know, that's his home. Uh, Mia ends up going to cooking school so she can finally learn how to fucking cook and not, you know, make food that tastes bad. Kevin goes back to swimming so he reunites with his swimming buddies who I said before I got mad in the beginning, but then he eventually explains, like, look, I can't explain why I left, but you need to know I had a reason for it. Because at one point, he goes to watch the swim meet, and he sees one of his buddies get a cramp and almost drown. So he jumps in the, in the, in the pool and saves them and says, look, you're all still my friends, but I gotta do what I gotta do for now. So eventually he goes back to swimming, which is what he loved to do. Antonio goes on a fishing expedition, because he loves fishing. It's what he does basically throughout this entire series. When he's not fighting the rangers, when he's not training in the dojo, the motherfucker's out fishing. And then Mike and Emily go back to her farm together. Because Mike and Emily have formed a relationship throughout this episode. With some light flirting and everything else. But it ultimately comes to light in a crossover episode called Clash of the Red Rangers. And basically in this one, we get an appearance from Scott Truman, the Power Ra- the Power Ranger RPM Red Ranger. So basically him and Jaden kind of compete against each other, uh, mostly because he's, he's a Red Ranger who never demorphs because he's worried about the atmosphere, even though he knows in this dimension, the atmosphere isn't that bad. And at one point, the other Rangers got sent to the RPM dimension, but you don't see them. Eventually they make a return and and they say, hey, you know, your friends say hi and all that stuff. And ultimately, they have to have to defeat the evil on the RPM planet as well as the evil on the samurai planet. But ultimately, uh, when everything's done, uh, Scott goes back to his dimension and talks to, you know, Mike and says, hey, good luck with Emily. And he goes, hey, I'm not stupid. I have eyes in this helmet, you know. So that's kind of cool. But I will say, I did have one complaint about the Clash of the Red Rangers. And I know this is a complaint that I have all the time, but I'm going to fucking say it every time because it needs to happen. I like the fact there was a crossover between... 
the RPM, and the Samurai. But what I'm not happy with was that we only got the Red Ranger. I would have liked to have seen all the other RPM Rangers there and have them all band together to attack a common enemy. Whether that common enemy is a, a Samurai enemy or if the com enemy is Vengex. Because I remember at the end of RPM, they had some type of indicator that Vengex was still alive. So maybe Vengex comes back, and he crosses over into the samurai world, and then they all got to band together, destroy Vengex once and for all, and then their planet is safe and everything else, and the RPM rangers go back, and the samurai rangers do their thing. I like full crossovers, and I feel like they need to start doing more of that. You can't neglect that. You gotta have those good, solid crossover episodes. They're entertaining, they're fun, and it brings the Ranger world together. And that's honestly how I feel about that. And I will say in general that Power Rangers Samurai is actually a really good show. And it's definitely worth uh, both seasons. And like I said, I found it I found it entertaining. I like the fact that in a lot of ways, Samurai brought things back to its roots. You know, the Go-Go Power Rangers theme song, even though they kind of flipped it around with the whole Samurai Forever and adding other lyrics. I liked that Bulk and Skull were there. I liked that, you know, there was good storytelling that the there was a lot of emotions a lot of great moments and you know even um you know decker's character who said that he's cursed to fight forever until he has a great opponent and challenging Jaden to a duel and you know samurai not not supposed to duel samurai only supposed to fight to defend the earth but ultimately Jaden realizes he has to duel with him in order to protect the earth and everything in between and just the story arcs everything if you're a power ranger fan you want to watch Power Ranger Samurai and the Super Samurai. You got this whole story. It's highly entertaining. And my hat's off to Saban Brands for this show. It's fantastic. And it's another one of those shows that makes me want to enjoy Power Rangers even though I'm 33 years old. Alright, and that, ladies and gentlemen, will conclude my review of Power Rangers Samurai. We're going to take a short break here, and when we come back, we'll get into Power Rangers Megaforce here on the Boochcast. So, you guys sit tight. We shall return right after this. Hello, and welcome back to the Boochcast. During the break, we played the theme song to Power Rangers Megaforce, which is the major Power Rangers show we're going to get into here on the Boochcast. Now, 
before I get into Power Rangers Megaforce and I talk about everything I want to say about this uh, particular season and series, I have to do something right now that is traditional here on the Boochcast. A lot of my old uh, school fans uh, hate this part of the show, I'm sure, because I know they don't like it when I repeat myself. But, as I mentioned many times before, we get a lot of new listeners coming into the Boochcast periodically, which means that I don't know when the new listeners start listening. So I don't know if you've listened to the other Power Rangers series that I've done up to this point, or if you're just starting right here. So I like to open these segments by telling the story of why I am doing these Power Rangers reviews, why I'm reviewing Power Rangers shows from the past, why would a 33-year-old man want to talk about Power Rangers so much. And I'm going to tell you why. Growing up as a kid, I was the biggest Power Ranger fan in the world. One of the biggest. In fact, outside of professional wrestling, it was one of my biggest obsessions was the Power Rangers. The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the old school from 90s. Uh, me and my friends who in the neighborhood, we played Power Rangers. I actually have a friend named Krista. We still talk about that to this day, how crazy it was that we did that. And I followed the Power Rangers religiously. And I watched, as a kid, from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers all the way up to Lost Galaxy. Now, I stopped after Lost Galaxy. I saw bits and pieces of Lightspeed Rescue, but not enough. I heard the theme song to Time Force, but didn't follow the storyline. So I left the Power Rangers series until one day, in 2004, I came across Power Rangers Dino Thunder. The reason I came across it was because Jason David Frank, aka Tommy Oliver, aka the greatest Power Ranger of all time, was in that series. So my nostalgia for Tommy made me watch Dino Thunder. It ended up being great. Then I kind of went into SPD, kind of watched that. I found it intriguing the storylines, everything. But then after SPD, I completely stopped. This is like in 2005. And I never watched Power Rangers again. Until one day, it came across on Netflix. I started binging a little bit the old Power Rangers because I got nostalgia. But then, around uh, 2017, I was working for uh, 1230 The Fan 2, a sports radio station in Atlanta. And I was working with my longtime friend and show business mentor, Larry Wax. And at the time that we had joined, it was in July and Dragon Con was taking place at the end of August, beginning of September. And because um, Dragon Con likes to get their press stuff done long time in advance, we just missed the deadline to get approved for media appearances. So because I was able to get a press pass, I got free admission basically into Dragon Con, but I also had to do a lot of other things. But not only that, I wasn't able to get a lot of big time interviews. I did get a chance to meet a lot of celebrities though. I did meet Jason David Frank, which was an honor. I met David Yost, which made me even happier because they were my top two favorite Rangers of all time. David Yost was my favorite because I love the Blue Ranger. Back was in the original five. And then, of course, when Jason David Frank showed up, automatically I had to meet Jason David Frank because Tommy's one of the all-time greats of the Power Rangers. Actually, he is the all-time great. So I had to meet them, and I was excited to do so. I later met, I also met Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, but that was before he became a fucking asshole. That's a side story. Anyway, so while I'm at Dragon Con, I meet this guy. And as I'm talking to him, I see this t-shirt that he's wearing of the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. So we get to talking about Power Rangers. And he was telling me about the series and everything and all these great moments. Because one thing about Dragon Con is there's a lot of nerds at this event, as you see in stereotypes. Now, when I say nerds, I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way. 
Because nerd is not always a, a negative. Nerd is just means you're an expert in something or you're very knowledgeable in the field. Hell, I'm a wrestling nerd. You know, nerd is not that bad. Geek is an insult. Nerd, not so much. There was a time where nerd was a bit of an insult, but not anymore. So this guy is really educating me on the Power Ranger history. And he asked me about my history and I told him basically what I told you guys. And he said, dude, you're missing out. And he basically convinced me that these other Power Rangers series were worth watching. So when I discovered that basically every Power Rangers series that's ever been made, with the exception of season two of Beast Morphers, because that's still going on because they kind of stopped production on it because of the pandemic, but either way, it will eventually hopefully be back on the air, is on Netflix. I took it upon myself to say, hey, why don't I conduct this experiment? Because at the time, I only had really three TV shows that I was following to begin with. You know, I was following Supernatural, I was following Arrow, and I was following Gotham. Now, obviously, Arrow and Gotham are long since done. Supernatural, was still waiting for that shit to come back. But again, I digress. So, I go on Netflix, and I just proceed to start binge-watching more Power Ranger episodes. And like I said, I'd already kind of been on that track with Mighty Morphin and Zeo and everything. So now I'm really starting to get a feel for it. And I start going through the series, and as I'm going through, um, I'm watching, I'm enjoying, I'm seeing the ups, the downs, the good, the bad, the interesting, the boring. And I realized, you know, this guy was right. A lot of these Power Rangers series were really good, and that's kind of what I've been doing. And then I took it upon myself to, you know, shed some light and review them and really talk about them because uh, this gentleman that I... Never saw again, and I don't know if I ever will again, hopefully I will, uh, has reignited my love for the Power Rangers because, I'll be honest, I've been enjoying the majority of the series I've been watching. Now, currently, uh, I am completely done with everything except Beast Morphers. I got Ninja Steel done, everything else. But because I'm kind of waiting for Season 2 of Beast Morphers to show up on Netflix, I haven't started watching Beast Morphers yet because I don't know when Season 2 is going to come back, so I'm kind of taking a break from watching Power Rangers. And now that Elvis and I do Elvis and Booch go to the movies, I'm timing when I'm going to talk about the other Power Rangers series and everything else because once I get to Beast Morphers, you won't be seeing Power Rangers your reviews on this show very often because after Beast Morphers is uh, Dino Fury and that's not scheduled to come out until sometime in the year 2021 so it's safe to say that after I get through some of these Power Ranger reviews because I only got a couple more left and then I'm done because uh, I got Megaforce, then Dino Charge, and then Ninja Steel, and that's it. Because I've watched all the way up to Ninja Steel and stopped. And I'm going to handle Beast Morphers once Season 2 gets back up and running. And then I can binge watch them and review them. And then when Dino Fury rolls around, just watch that. And then when that's over, talk about it. So basically, it depends on when I talk about the other ones that I get up and running. But I'm probably waiting until the right time to bring in the others. And on that note i'm gonna bring in we're gonna start talking about power rangers mega force here power rangers mega force is the 20th season of the long-running american children's television program power rangers the show is produced by scg power rangers and began airing on nickelodeon on february 2nd 2013 the show was part of the power rangers 20th anniversary kid screen reported that mega force will feature the return of many historic rangers mega force uses footage costumes and props from the japanese super sentai series tensu Sentai Ghost Seizure. 
The second season and 21st overall is called Power Rangers Super Mega Force and premiered on February 15, 2014. Super Mega Force uses footage, costumes, and props from Kaizuki Sentai Gokeiger. I'm probably not pronouncing any of these right. Uh, so, the Mega Force Power Rangers appeared at the 2012 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, along with the past Red Rangers from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers to Power Rangers Samurai. The Rangers Super Mega Force forms later er, appeared alongside the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers in the 2013 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. So, it was actually kind of cool to know that Mega Force got to be part of the uh, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. It kind of shows that Power Rangers was slowly but surely getting back into the mainstream because it'd been out of there for quite a while. But I notice a lot with uh, some of these shows, especially with the theme songs now, that they're going back to doing Go Go Power Rangers. It kind of gives me an indication that they're really uh, going back to the old school ways of doing things. So we now know that in Season 1, the evil war star aliens attack Earth. The supernatural guardian Gosai, who's assigned to protect the Earth by Zordon, and his faithful robot assistant Tensu recruit five teenagers with attitude to combine the invading forces, equipped with powers that grant them mastery over martial arts and other forms of combat. The teenagers transform into the latest champions of good, the Power Rangers Megaforce. And of course, we have um, Andrew Gray plays Troy, the Red Ranger. Ciara Hana plays Gia, the Yellow Ranger. John Mark Loudermilk plays Noah, the Blue Ranger. Christina Masterson plays Emma, the Pink Ranger. And Azim Risk plays Jake the Green Ranger. And then, of course, you have Chris R., who's the voice of Robo Knight, and Cameron Jabu plays Orion, the Super Mega Force Silver Ranger. So, and what's very interesting about this is the fact that in this series, they do something that's never been done before. They basically take all the classic rangers from Mighty Morphin all the way up to Samurai, and they allow the Mega Force Rangers to access their powers throughout the series. So there's times where they'll basically change costumes, to put it in uh, acting terms. So one minute they're the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the next minute they're Zeo Rangers, the next minute they're Mystic Force, the next minute they're SPD, the next minute they're uh, Dino Thunder, just a variety of all of them, even Jungle Fury at times. And I find that to be one of the most interesting moments about this entire series is knowing that the Megaforce Rangers had the power to transform into other Rangers and access their powers as well, basically making them pretty badass up until the point where they become Super Megaforce because uh, now this is the growing trend with this series, and it started with Samurai. That now, going forward, all other Power Rangers series, to my knowledge, unless they change it with Dino Fury next year, will be two seasons. So they're now doing a regular and then a super. So basically, the season finale is basically them losing their powers and then having to get the super upgrade. And of course, they also have Halloween and Christmas specials that follow all of this and make it interesting. So basically, in this one, one of the most interesting ones is um, Last Laugh is one of my favorites because basically there's this guy called No Joke who doesn't like laughter. So he so anybody that laughs gets sucked into this magical bottle. So the Power Rangers basically decide to get revenge because uh, he kidnaps the majority of them. And basically what they do is they tell a bunch of jokes, get the guy to laugh, and he has to destroy the pod in order to free, you know, in order to prevent himself from getting sucked into it. So, for example, one of the jokes that's told is, um, why do seagulls fly over the sea? Because they flew over the bay, they be bagels. You know, stupid jokes like that. Or they'd say one like, you know, 
what does the lawyer wear to court? Lawsuits. Or what did The Rock say to the geologist? Don't take me for granite. Why did the baseball player get arrested? He was stealing bases. Like, obviously, these are jokes that are, like, old as fuck. I'm sure some of you have been listening to this going, Really, Booch? You're telling hack jokes now? No. I promise you I don't tell hack material in my act. I am, you know, devoted to talking about myself and telling my stories and making them funny. But my point is... They use a lot of these corny jokes in the series in order to be funny in that moment. Because Noah doesn't really laugh except when you tell science jokes. So the whole thing was about Noah trying to tell a joke and make the monster laugh and then eventually doing so. So it was highly entertaining. I found that to be like one of the awesome moments in there. And then of course there's like some of the most powerful characters in here. You know, the the, the Armada fleet is crazy and you know uh, Robo Borg, I believe his name is. Uh, yeah, Robo Knight. Sorry, why did I say Robo Borg? Sorry, I got uh, Big Bad Beetleborgs on my mind. I gotta be honest, um, it's 11.18 on a Friday night at the time that I'm recording this and I've had so many people blowing up my phone and I've had to stop and start and stop in between that I'm basically tired as fuck and today's the only day that I can even talk about this because I gotta devote all day Saturday to editing all this and then Sunday I gotta record and and edit the stuff with John so uh, basically I'm gonna be a little exhausted through all of this and I apologize in advance I've just I'm dealing with a lot of fuckery ladies and gentlemen and it is something that I've constantly struggled with but anyway uh, eventually they get to the uh, you know like I said, the Super Mega Force, which is pretty fucking cool. And you notice in a lot of these, there's tributes to each of them. For example, they have an episode about the Armada attacking major cities around the world with missiles, and they gotta fight Cybacks and the X-Boards to rebuild the city. It's a tribute to Power Rangers SPD. The Rangers take a sky ship to Animaria to look for the Red Lion Wild Zord. It's kind of a tribute to Power Rangers Wild Zords. And then um, Jake and Emma consult with Casey Rhodes to learn a special form of martial arts. And that's a tribute to like Power Rangers Jungle Fury. And of course, the and when the Emperor unleashes a powerful monster called Matacor to combat the Rangers, the Rangers meet Jaden, the Samurai Ranger, and Mentor G, who provide help to, for them to fight Matacor. Now, what I found the most interesting about this is that there's a lot of Power Ranger cameo appearances throughout this entire film. I mean, series. But, once again, you don't see a team-up of Megaforce Rangers and Samurai Rangers, which I would have preferred to see, is the team-up from the previous. But, whatever. And then, of course, uh, there's the Love Potion episode, Love is in the Air, that accidentally makes Levera fall in love with Jake. And she plans to, Avidius plans to eliminate Jake so that he can have Levera for himself. And there's a lot of great storylines and stuff there. Then, of course, that's a tribute to Power Rangers Turbo for reasons I don't know why. I can't remember. Uh, then, of course, um, you know, there's tributes to Dino Thunder in here. And just a lot of different stories. Like, one is a tribute to Power Rangers I- I- uh, RPM, you know. And all of this is just very entertaining back and forth until you get to the end. And basically, the uh, finale in this is basically they kill the Emperor and everything. But there's this army of, you know, Armada fleets that are still here. They kill the fleet, they kill everything, but there's still an army marching towards them. So all of a sudden, 
every Power Ranger that's ever existed, from Mighty Morphin to Samurai, including the alien rangers from Aquatar, all come together. Now, even though they all come together, we only physically see a few of them, like Tommy Oliver, TJ Johnson, Cassie Chan, Leo Corbett, Damon Damon Henderson, Carone, Carter Grayson, Dana Mitchell, Wesley Collins, Mike, and Emily. And of course, you know, the Samurai Rangers are there. Wesley, of course, is the Red Time Force Ranger. Uh, Dana's obviously Pink Lightspeed Rescue. Carter is the Red Lightspeed Rescue. Corona is the Pink Galaxy Ranger. I still would have liked to have preferred to see Kendricks, but that's just me. Damon, the Green Galaxy Ranger. Leo, the Red Galaxy Ranger, because Leo was badass. Cassie's the Pink Space Ranger. TJ Johnson is the Blue Space Ranger, which kind of makes you think who the fuck is in the Turbo outfit. And that, that was one of the aspects that I found very confusing when they tried to bring back all of the Power Rangers for this. Because, for those of you who may not know, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and Power all the way up to Power Rangers in Space are one fluid story. So there's Power Mighty Morphin, Power Rangers Zeo, Power Rangers Turbo, Power Rangers in Space. It's all the same. It wasn't until Lost Galaxy that they started ex- that they started changing out Rangers every year or now two years. So that's why it didn't make sense. Like it, it could make sense in some ways. Like in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, you could have Jason, Trini, Zack, Billy, and Kimberly, and that would work. Now as far as the Zeo Rangers go, because you have Tommy Oliver in the Green Ranger outfit, there's nobody to wear the Zeo outfit. Because Tommy, because Tommy is not only the Green Ranger, he's also the White Ranger, which he shows when he's saving that kid and pulls out his sword Saba to save him to help save the kid. He's also the Red Zeo Ranger, and he also had a cameo as the Red Turbo Ranger before TJ took that spot over. So there's not a whole lot that can work there. Uh, now, as far as Zeo goes, you can still bring in Tanya. You could probably have Catherine play that Pink Ranger and make that work if you wanted to. Then you got to figure out everything else because Cassie was the Pink Turbo Ranger and also the Pink Space Ranger. So how the fuck does that work? You've got nobody that can play one or the other. Now that's why you saw a couple of times there would only be a select number, a select number of Rangers in a group. Like for example, with Dino Thunder, it was basically everyone but Tommy, because Tommy was also the black Dino Thunder Ranger. So it was weird to see sometimes you would see five of one ranger, five of another group, and five of another group, and you're like, how does that work? Because if TJ's the blue space ranger, who the fuck's the red turbo ranger? And who the fuck's the red zero ranger if Tommy's neither one of those? Th- that-, that makes no fucking sense of any kind. There's no logic there. And I felt that they should have kept that in mind before they decided to do, hey, let's bring in all the power rangers from the past. Because like I said, some of them you can explain away. Some of them you can't. So, and they only had a couple of them take their masks off because they were the only ones that they would actually bring in to be part of this experience. And either way, it was a great, great fight. And then once it's over, Tommy shakes their hand. And it's actually a pretty emotional moment at the end. Like, I'll be honest, I kind of cried a little bit. When you find out that, you know, the Power Rangers of the past are looking at the Power Rangers of the present, at least at this moment, and they're looking at them and saying, you've lived up to the legacy we've left behind for you. You are worthy of being called Power Rangers. And then they, they always say, it's an honor to fight with you guys, but the 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 the, uh, the old guards say, no, the honor is ours. And it's always that humbling experience. And they even let them take the lead, and they follow them as they go into battle. And they bring in, like, every Ranger possible. So... Like I said, storyline-wise, it made sense, and it was kind of cool for a little bit. But I feel like 
in a lot of ways, there was a lot of inconsistencies, and I feel like it would have been a lot easier if we just had one crossover episode again where the Samurai Rangers came back, came in to help the Megaforce Rangers do what they do. And I felt that would have been a better way to do that. And then, of course, they had, you know, there was no uh, Christmas or Halloween special this go-around, but they did have the Legendary Battle Extended Edition, which um, basically combines everything together. Um, and then, you know, it combines the last two episodes and puts them all together and basically reminds people, hey, there's a lot of cool stuff here, as well as some, uh, you know, never before seen, you know, extended footage that wasn't featured in the two-parter. And it's actually really, really cool. So I will admit that, you know, Power Rangers... Um, Megaforce was actually a really good show, especially with a lot of the ongoing stories, like, for example, Jake constantly being attracted to Gia, and basically every time he tries to flirt with Gia, he fails miserably, and it's funny. Like, he tries to carry her books, and her books are heavy as fuck, so he's trying to carry them, and you can just tell that he's trying to be cool, but it ain't working. And basically on the final episode, after the whole fight's over... Gia leans over and gives Jake a kiss on the cheek, kind of symbolizing, okay, she's won her heart. Now, of course, Orion, he discovered, you know, the silver his Silver Ranger powers on his home planet, and basically he came to Earth to try to stop, you know, the Emperor, because the Emperor basically killed his entire family and his entire planet. So he was basically trying to avenge the loss of his planet. And at first, you know, it was kind of weird. They were kind of weird being together because Orion kind of wanted to work alone, but eventually he later became part of the team they all became good friends and it was highly entertaining to see Orion really work hard I will say there was one aspect of this that did bother me and that was the fact that you know they were in high school they went to this juice bar or like frozen yogurt place or whatever the fuck it is it's like a TCBY which I hate that place they had they would go there and there would be a guy named Ernie that bothered me and the reason was because as a Mighty Morphin Power Ranger fan I remember Ernie And I remember Ernie being this, you know, he was a really fat white guy who ran a juice bar and was very, very entertaining. This guy was, um, I don't know what the fuck nationality he was, I can't remember correctly, but definitely wasn't white and he definitely wasn't overly fat and didn't have that kind of bubbling personality. He just was kind of just normal. I I can't, I don't know if he, I don't want to say he was Indian, but it, it sure looked and sounded that way. You know, and I mean, and I don't mean like, you know, I don't mean like, oh, Indian. I mean like the, thank you, come again, those Indians. That's what I meant, you know. Thank you for calling customer support. Like that kind of shit. But I, I, that kind of bugged me. Like I was like, not, not, not necessarily the fact that it's an Indian guy, but I'm like, dude, just pick a different name. Stop trying to dig so deep for nostalgia that you completely copy some of the best moments of the Power Rangers from back in the day and basically remind us why those times were better. So I will say Power Rangers Megaforce is very entertaining. I like a lot of the scenes. I like a lot of the fun action, and I definitely would recommend it to anybody out there that wants to watch uh, Power Rangers. Megaforce is definitely one to check out. And like I said, it pretty much embodies the entire spirit of the event. You know, like I said, in Super Mega Force, when the alien armada is led by Prince Vecker, the brother of Vac, plans to invade the Earth. Ghostside gives the Mega Force Ranger new Morphers and special keys to allow him to become the Super Mega Force Ranger, and also imbues him with the power to transform into any past legendary Rangers. In course of time, due to their virtues and fighting spirit, they unlock various Megazords of the past Rangers, meeting several along the way. Alien named Orion, whose home world was destroyed by the armada, j- then joins their ranks as the Silver Ranger and gets all the legendary six Rangers, along with those of Robo Knight. Later, in a battle with the most 
powerful machines of evil, the Megazords of the Rangers, as well as their legendary Megazord of Destroyed. After that, Troy and Orion enter the ship of Rack and Becker's father, the War Mat, the War, the War Star Emperor Marvo, fight him and unleash the ship's power, which destroys every other ship in the Armada. Later, they both succeed in destroying Marvo, and they return to the ground. The Rangers then find that thousands of Zy Xborgs, the immune, the immunable soldiers of the Armada, have been let loose. At this point, all legendary Rangers' powers the Rangers have been using throughout the series appear to them. Together, they all destroy the Xborgs, saving the Earth. So that's pretty fucking cool. And Robo Knight was awesome too because his big thing was protect the Earth at all costs. But he didn't know that there are certain aspects of the Earth that don't need to be destroyed. They're like gray areas. And also the Power Rangers were good guys. And also just learning other things in general. So eventually Robo Knight goes from being, you know, this cold, heartless person to very, very friendly. And, you know, at one point, like I remember for like Christmas, he gets stuck in like, I want to say Africa. Um, and he basically tells stories down there and gets to know everybody. And eventually learns, like, the true meaning of Christmas and everything else. So, overall, this is a fantastic show, like I've said before. And if you want to check it out, I highly recommend it. And um, I apologize in advance if this isn't the best, um, you know, Power Rangers review that I've done, as I mentioned before. Uh, I've been getting distracted by bullshit phone calls. I've been extremely sleep-deprived. It's late night on a Friday, and I gotta get up early on Saturday to go to work. But, like I said, this is the only day that I can record it. I can't put it off because Saturday I have to edit like a motherfucker. Alright, that, ladies and gentlemen, will conclude my re my review of Power Rangers Megaforce. And real quick, I do want to apologize again for being sleep-deprived at the time that I recorded uh, this particular review of uh, Power Rangers Megaforce. Because at the time, I was uh, still working at Lowe's in addition to uh, HVMA and all the other things that I was uh, doing in my life at the time. Because this episode came out June 29th, 2020 so I was still uh, a working machine uh, around the clock just killing myself trying to get all these reviews done all this editing uh, with the wrestling recaps and everything else on top of it so yeah by the time I got to that review I was pretty burned out and I still wanted to keep going and putting out content because at the time uh, you know, things were still kind of closed, even though a few places were still opening back up. So I still wanted to devote the summer of 2020 to uh, giving you guys content so you had something to enjoy while you guys were still at home. And on that note, I'm going to take a short break here. And when I come back, we'll get into Power Rangers Dino Charge here on the Boochcast. So you guys sit tight. I shall return right after this.
Hello, and welcome back to the Boochcast. During the break, we played the theme song to Power Rangers Dino Charge, which I can honestly say is definitely one of my favorites of the Power Ranger theme songs. Now, is it my favorite one of all time? No, but it's definitely in the top five. I definitely enjoyed this um, theme song. Thought it was pretty badass. I like it. You know, kind of adding a little bit more lyrics. I still like the fact they're going back with the uh, Go, Go, Power Rangers. I like that feeling. I like that they're bringing that back. Because, you know, that's a great, great theme song. It's very old school. And they kind of change it a little bit to kind of fit with the time. But it's not too much of an abuse. You know, it's just, go, go, Power Rangers. Don't you ever stop. You know, it's, it's a great song. And glad I got to play it here on the Boochcast. And that was the theme song to Power Rangers Dino Charge here on the Boochcast. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, uh, before we get into uh, Power Rangers Dino Charge, we're going to talk about. This is the part of the show where, like I said before, my regular Boochcast uh, listeners do not like this portion of the show. It's the one thing about these Power Ranger reviews they hate, and that is the fact that I tell the same usual story all over again. And again, people are like, why, Vinny, why? Trust me, people get it by now. Not necessarily. Like I said, I always assume that at any given moment, there is a new person jumping into this, you know, Boochcast world. And some people like to go back and look at the stuff from the, from the bottom to the top. Those are dedicated fans, and I love them for it. Some people will just start here and go with the progression from there. So for those people, I want to cater to them as well. So I'm going to retell the story again, and here it goes. For those of you who may not know, and I'm obviously referring to the newbies here, I am a Power Ranger fan and have been since I was a kid. I grew up on the Power Rangers I grew up on the Mighty Morphin ones from 1993. I was a diehard fan of Billy the Blue Ranger. I later became a fan of Tommy like everybody else. We all just kind of gravitated to him. You know, pretty much when when it was just the original five, everybody had at least their one favorite. And then for the guys, we all kind of switched over to Tommy. That was just the way it is. I used to play Power Rangers with my friends. I had action figures that I collected. Uh, I genuinely loved this show. And I felt the nostalgia come back uh, as I got into college and everything and started seeing more people who were Power Ranger fans. But there was one in particular that I met about three years ago. And this is back when Larry Wax and I were working together at 1230 The Fan 2. Larry had a brief resurrection back into radio, and uh, he had brought the regular guy's show back. He brought me on to be the director of Fighting, Conflict, and Drama, which was um, my moniker and my job title. Basically, my job was covering combat sports. So I got to do a lot of wrestling, which was very fun. And I also got to do a lot of um, you know, MMA and boxing and shit like that. I had to cover everything, basically. So... What happened was, uh, while I was on that run with the regular guys, they sent me to Dragon Con. And because we had gotten booked for Dragon Con late, because basically the deadline was like was like the middle of August, and we officially started the show at the end of July. So we got in at the last minute. They let us in. We weren't able to get a lot of interviews with some of the bigger name celebrities that were coming in. We weren't able, And I wasn't able to, to do as much with my press pass. So Larry wanted me to do this thing where he wanted me to walk around Dragon Con and try to get girls' phone numbers any way that I could get them so uh, I did obviously want to do the task that Larry wanted me to do and I was successful at it I did get quite a few numbers but at the same time I knew that if I did only that 
I could risk losing my press pass and never being allowed to go back to DragonCon again. And that's also why I made sure when I did get a girl's phone number, I did it in a way that wasn't stalkerish or disrespectful. I waited and bided my time. I found the right time and the right places in which to do it. And I went to DragonCon at least uh, two nights while I was there. I had as much fun as I possibly could. So while I was walking around, because I got to do some sightseeing as well, I got to enjoy Dragon Con, I bumped into this guy who had a Power Ranger t-shirt. And I talked to this guy for quite a bit, because I'm also a Power Ranger fan. I was intrigued. And he basically asked me my Power Ranger fan history. And up until that point, I had seen everything from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers all the way up to Lost Galaxy. I saw a little bit of Lightspeed Rescue. I had heard the Time Force theme song, but that was about it. After that, I didn't watch anything else related to Power Rangers. So I never watched. I saw bits and pieces of Lightspeed Rescue, but never full-blown episodes or season. So I just basically gravitated away from Power Rangers. Then one day, I saw Tommy, Jason David Frank, on Power Rangers Dino Thunder, and I got back into it, and I started watching Dino Thunder. Then I looked at SPD. It looked pretty cool. So I watched SPD from start to finish. After SPD, I completely dropped off from the Power Rangers and never watched again, ever. I was done with the Power Rangers because I had moved on. I mean, I still liked the Power Rangers. The nostalgia was great, and I did eventually, when they came on Netflix, I watched Mighty Morphin again. I watched Zeo again. I watched Turbo again. I watched Space again. You know, I was watching these shows, but when I talked to this guy, he started telling me about all the other Power Rangers seasons and how great they were and how amazing they were and all this stuff, and I was having this great conversation with him, and he and he said, dude, right now, all the Power Rangers shows are currently on Netflix. You should go binge them while you still have a chance before they eventually get taken down. And I said, are you sure these other Power Rangers that I haven't seen are worth watching? He said, 100%. So I figured, what have I got to lose? I don't do a lot of Netflix binging, and the only three shows I was realistically following at the time were Gotham, Arrow, and Supernatural. So I didn't have a whole lot to talk about because I had to wait for those seasons to end anyway, and sometimes there were mid-breaks, and sometimes they weren't even on at all. So I was like, all right, got to figure out what the next step is. So I just started binging the Power Rangers. And I kept going and going and going, and I've been doing it for three years now, uh, on and off, because I watched all the way up to a certain point, and then I just stopped. Uh, I can't remember exactly the point it was that I stopped at, but I know that I eventually, you know, packed it in at a certain point, and then just recently during the pandemic, I started it back up again, because HVMA wasn't uh, giving me any hours. They were pretty much giving me time off, so I was like, well, here's an opportunity to finally binge watch the Power Rangers, because once everything gets set up and I go back to work, I may not have the chance to do this again. So I just started going through all the shows. I went through Jungle Fury, everything, RPM, blah, blah, blah. And I got all the way up to Ninja Steel. And right now, currently, that's as far as I got. I am I wrapped up Ninja Steel, and that's all that I've seen. And I haven't seen Beast Morphers yet. And the reason I haven't seen Beast Morphers yet is because I don't know when Season 2 is coming back. So I'm kind of waiting for Season 2 to be done. And I'll either do one of two things. I'll either watch Season 1 on Netflix and Season 2 on like Hulu or some shit. Or I'll wait till it, Season 2 shows up on Netflix and then binge that. Hell, I might even wait until we get closer to the date of Dino Fury and binge watch it then. Because I'm going to wait till they announce the date of Dino Fury before I talk about Beast Morphers. So I'm not even going to get into that just yet. So I'm kind of holding off. 
And from my knowledge, because I've done some uh, other Power Ranger research here, uh, but mostly to get ready for this, and I discovered something interesting. Now, I don't know if, how much truth there is to this, but it's intriguing. Turns out, 2021 is Power Rangers Dino Fury, which looks like it's going to have only one season. So it looks like they might be going back to the, uh, you know, one season deal. So there's Power Rangers Dino Fury. Then they've got stuff slated all the way to 2023. So apparently, according to this Power Rangers wiki fandom page, I'm assuming this is accurate. I know Dino Fury is happening because on the official Power Rangers Instagram and Twitter. So I know that's definitely happening. Whether or not these other two are happening, I don't know. But apparently in 2022, we're going to get Power Rangers Wild Changers. We're going to get that. And then in 2023, it's going to be Power Rangers Emerald Engines. So these are going to be interesting if they do come out. So we'll wait and see. And because, like I said, it's all the way up to Ninja Steel, for any Power Ranger fan, non-Power Ranger fans out there, here's the good news. After I finish this Dino Charge review, all I'm going to have left is Ninja Steel. And then we got a long break till Dino Fury. And then... We'll, I'll show the Beast Morphers, and then I'll wait till Dino Fury is completely done before I talk about that, because I'll be following it regularly on TV, like watching it on demand and shit. So anyway, that's the story of why I do these Power Ranger reviews and what inspired me to binge watch all of these uh, shows and seasons and get my eyes glued to this. And like I said, some of these Power Ranger seasons I've actually enjoyed, and some of them I haven't. And I've been brutally honest about the ones I haven't. So on that note, let's jump into Dino Charge and see where that stands. So we have Power Rangers Dino Charge is the 22nd season of the long-running American children's television program Power Rangers. Using footage, costumes, and props from Japanese Super Sentai series Zuden Sentai Koyunger, it is the first season to be distributed by Saban Brands Entertainment Group after the formation of two new units within the company called Saban Brands Lifestyle Group and Saban Brands Entertainment Group on December 11, 2014. The show was produced by SCG Power Rangers and began airing on Nickelodeon on February 7, 2015, ending on December 12th. It also broadcast on Pop in 2018, and it was broadcast from May 25, 2015, on Canal J, from June and from June 9, 2015, on Gully. The second season and the 23rd overall is called Power Rangers Dino Supercharge, and premiered on January 30, 2016, and ended on December 12th. Shit, they really dragged this shit out for a year. That is insanity, folks. Insanity. It's nuts. But anyway, it doesn't feel like it's that long, but it's really that long. Damn. And also, I notice, again, there's the pattern that's been happening since Samurai, where there's the regular and then the super. And I know this carries over for quite a while. So it looks like Beast Morphers will be the last time we do like a super series or some shit. But anyway, on to the plot summary. 65 million years ago, a dinosaur-like alien named Keeper was pursued through the galaxy by Sledge, an intergalactic bounty hunter bent on acquiring 10 magical stones called the Energems in Keeper's care and using them to conquer the universe. Keeper crash-landed on prehistoric Earth, entrusting the gems to a group of dinosaurs for safekeeping and crippled Sledge's ship with a bomb that left the bounty hunter stranded in deep space. Unfortunately, Sledge's collection of asteroids held in a tractor beam accidentally rained down on prehistoric Earth and ultimately caused the extinction of the dinosaurs. In the present day, Keeper is found by archaeologist Kendall Morgan and then set up a base under the Amber Beach Dinosaur Museum in the city of Amber Beach. They began a mission to find the Energems, but five have already been found by teenagers who use them to morph into the Dino Charge Power Rangers. The group consists of the Red Ranger, Tyler Navarro, the adventurous leader of the group who is searching for his father who disappeared 10 years ago on an archaeological dig. The Pink Ranger, Shelby Watkins, a waitress with a vast knowledge of dinosaurs. 
who also has a crush on Tyler. The Blue Ranger, Coda, a Cro-Magnon man living in modern times as he found his inner gem in his tribe's cave and was kept in suspended animation until the present day. The Green Ranger, Riley Griffin, the youngest of the group, who is a skilled fencing swordsman, and the Black Ranger, Chase Randall, the suave and laid-back New Zealander. With these powers, the Dino Charge Power Rangers fight against Sledge, Poissandra, Fury, Wrench, Curio, and their prison full of monsters in order to find the remaining inner gems and protect Earth. As time goes by, the Rangers are joined by additional teammates with additional dinosaurs. The Gold Ranger, Sir Ivan, an 800-year-old knight from Xandar, who was trapped in the body of Sledge's minion Fury, and the Graphite Ranger, Prince Philip III of Xandar, the modern-day crown prince of Ivan's home country. Kendall takes over the position of the Purple Ranger from Albert Smith, who abandons the position due to his fears of Fury's minions. New threats also emerge, including the human-like villain, Heckle. However, with new powers, this is Super Dino Charge now, come new enemies in the form of Singe, a mysterious warrior who arrives on Earth and quickly steps in as Heckle's number two, much to Fury's anger. However, Heckle starts get, to get curious when he realizes that Singe knows more about the inner gems than he admits. After the Rangers discover the location of the Titanozord, Heckle demands to know how Singe knew its location, only for Singe to flee and return to Earth and the person who hired him, the person who hired him named Lord Arcanon. It was Lord Arcanon who hired Sledge to bring in the galaxy's most dangerous monsters to make an army out of them. Arcanon's reign ends with the return of Sledge, who destroyed his former employer with Snide, who was split from Heckle. Before Sledge betrays him and lets and let the Rangers destroy Snide too and take back leadership of his crew. The Rangers went back in time and destroyed Sledge and his crew in the past. After, the, after their enemy's destruction, the Rangers go their separate ways as Coda and Ivan finally go back to their own times. Heckle becomes the guardian of the Dark Energem as he and Zenowing return to Sentai 6, and Keeper returns to his home planet. The present-day Rangers arrive back to their own time and find that it is a zoo, and there are live dinosaurs since Sledge's asteroids never hit Earth and the extinction of the dinosaurs never came to pass. Now, all I gotta say is, that ending right there reminds me of Goosebumps. It really does. The RL, And I'm talking about the R.L. Stein TV show that was based on the books. Because Goosebumps would always have some crazy twist like that at the end. Where you mess up the timeline and something permanently changes. Like, one example was the Cuckoo Clock of Doom. Where the guy, where the kid, where this kid kept going backwards in time, and like one day he woke up and he was six years old. The next day he woke up, he was a baby, and he realizes that he was probably gonna die if he didn't change time back. Because basically, what happened was the cuckoo clock's neck got twisted, and that fucked up the timeline. So he had to change the neck back. And when he did, as he was climbing up, he knocked off one of the years off the clock, and it was night. It was and it was 1988, which is apparently the year that his sister who's a fucking bitch, would have been born. So the twist is, he comes, he, he's able to come back to the real world, but now he's an only child. So there's that crazy plot twist. So now dinosaurs are real, and they're the and they're realizing it. Now everybody else thinks it's normal because they, they weren't part of the uh, timeline traveling because apparently they got sucked into a black hole and was going to get destroyed. So at the last minute, they traveled back in time to ultimately save the planet. And a lot of these episodes were fantastic. Now, obviously, Tyler's on a mission to go looking for his dad. When I watched this series, the first thing that popped into my head was VR Troopers and the fact that Ryan Steele devoted 90% of season one to finding his dad. 
Like every episode of VR Troopers would end with Ryan Steele walking around the temple that his dad would take him to to train him on martial arts when he was a kid and him constantly talking about how he loves his dad, he'll never forget his dad, he'll keep searching for his dad and all that until eventually they find his dad. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting from this. A man who's very much obsessed with finding his dad and eventually he does find his dad in an interesting way. So what happens is at one point there's an incident with one of the energems because what they do is they are trying to upgrade one of the energems to make them more powerful but unbeknownst to the rangers they put a computer virus in the energem while it's being uploaded to the computer and it actually turns tyler into an actual dinosaur what that means is he's still in his human body but he has the brain of a dinosaur so all he does is roar and fight and go crazy until eventually one of the rangers in like an aqua color kind of steps in and saves them and they realize that that's uh, his son. He realizes that's you know that ranger is Tyler's dad, and he's the Dino Charge Aqua Ranger, and he basically saves Tyler, helps him break the spell. Then he realizes that's his actual dad, but he realizes that the reason he knows his actual dad was because apparently the Energem stopped his dad from aging. So his dad is basically the same age that he was when he went missing, and Tyler didn't know where he was. So it was kind of a weird situation, but also very entertaining. And also Prince Philip, you know, trying to bond with the inner gem. And he thought that if he did all these good deeds, the inner gem would bond with him. But it didn't. Like, he would literally, like, take his vast fortune, like, not all of it, but a chunk of it, and give it to charity. He was building all these things for schools and everything, trying to get the inner gem to bond with him. But what it didn't realize was... The Energem only bonds with a ranger who does things because they want to, not because they have to. And what that means is, if you're going to donate money to somebody, you don't do it with the expectation of give of you know wanting something in return you're doing it out of the goodness of your heart because you want to now that's probably why an energy would never bond with me because uh now if i'm donating money to a charity obviously i don't expect them to give me money back but i'm usually donating to charities if you get if i do get something in return for example when i donated 50 dollars to the georgia heart foundation or heart association or whatever that heart charity was in exchange for that i got tickets to aew but i know i probably wouldn't have donated that money otherwise because i'm not a big fan of donating money because i'm broke and on a side note i've always found it stupid that charities are constantly asking poor people or working class people to donate their money meanwhile every celebrity that's involved in the telethon they got millions of dollars they could fucking put a couple couple grand in each and fucking donate and take care of these fucking people but no they want to they want to take money from the working class the people who actually need to pay bills and feed their families and shit and try to make them look at somebody less fortunate than them and get us to give a shit meanwhile you have more money and a bigger platform you can fucking do it i'm broke so anyway, that's neither here nor there. So eventually what happens is he's about to give up the inner gem because he realizes he's never going to be a Power Ranger. Then one day, then all of a sudden this little girl gets attacked and Philip, Prince Philip jumps in and just saves the girl. Now keep in mind, he's already given back the inner gem. So he knows he's not going to be a Power Ranger. So he saved that girl because it was the right thing to do, not because he wanted anything. And in that moment, the inner gem bonded with him because it realized Prince Philip would be willing to do what's right. And that's what made it great. And it was an amazing, amazing experience, a great, great fight, and I was very entertained. 
very much entertained by that. I also liked, uh, obviously, you know, Sir Ivan of Xandar, because he always taught in proper, like, knight language. He taught in the medieval slang, which I thought was fucking great. And, of course, um, Xena Wang being this awkward bird that was also a ranger, and then the purple ranger, the, you know, Kendall getting the ranger outfit was great, because I knew at some point she was going to be a power ranger, because she loved the dino world so much and was a great scientist and also a little stuck up at times so it was it was interesting to see her finally become a ranger and i'm also liking the fact that they're not afraid to go past six rangers if necessary like they'll do like seven eight nine just ten of these guys by themselves which is kind of interesting when you think about it and something very enjoyable um so we do get to see a hell of a great uh series here but i will say the one thing that is a constant in this series that is annoying as fuck is Poissandra. She is, beyond a shadow of a doubt, the most annoying character I have ever seen in the history of Power Rangers. And I've seen a lot of annoying fucking characters in Power Rangers over time. The whole thing about Poissandra and Sledge and wanting to get married and not wanting to get married and planning weddings and shit like that. It just, it that shit got old fast and in a hurry. It was a low rent, low budget version of Zed and Rita and they failed at it miserably. Just miserably. And of course, there was another classic example of enemies turning on each other and bullshit like that. And it just got to a point where it was boring. I will admit, Heckle was a great character. And he kind of reminded me of like the of Oswald Cobblepot and Gotham. It had kind of that vibe. Obviously, it was different actors, but still had that same kind of vibe to it. And I enjoyed that because, I, as you guys know, I loved Gotham. So to see that was fucking amazing. And one other complaint that I have about this particular series is the fact that there were no Power Ranger team-ups in this one. Like, you don't see the Mega Force Rangers showing up to team up with the Dino Charge Rangers. Because I genuinely would have loved to have seen that. Because, I'll be honest, that's one of the things I always look forward to on a new season of Power Rangers. At some point, the Rangers teaming up with other Rangers from the past and us getting all of this amazing fun and excitement with it. But... Unfortunately, that didn't come to pass, and I will say that even though there were a few exciting moments and a few great stories, overall, this show is not that fun and interesting. And of course, they have Halloween and Christmas specials. That's another new thing. After the entire series is over, they throw in a Halloween and Christmas special in. The Halloween special is always something that's happened, that's happening like in the middle of the series, and the Christmas is always the ones where the Rangers are reunited and just finished, you know, having, you know, battles and shit. So they're all coming back for Christmas, then they realize there's a problem, and then all of a sudden they have to come out of Ranger retirement to stop this one enemy and save the holidays. So I'll admit those particular episodes are a little exciting, but outside of that, I would not recommend this uh, show to people. The only people I recommend this show to are diehard Power Ranger fans who feel obsessed and compelled to watch every Power Ranger franchise and Power Ranger series like I did. Like, I was a man on a mission to get this done, so I sat through it. But if you're just a Power Ranger fan that just wants to watch good Power Ranger series and you don't need to watch the whole thing and you don't need to know the whole story and you don't need to know all this stuff, don't watch it. Because that's the beauty of watching different Power Ranger franchise series. Because they're no longer in chronological order. 
after Power Rangers in Space, each Power Ranger series became its own entity. Lost Galaxy, Lightspeed Rescue, all the way up to Dino Charge. The only difference is Samurai up to Beast Morphers, at least, has two seasons. So there's one season of the regular and two seasons of something different, and then moves on to the next. So obviously, if you watch Samurai, you gotta watch Super Samurai. If you watch Megaforce, you gotta watch Super Megaforce. If you watch Dino Charge, you gotta watch Super Dino Charge. If you watch Ninja Steel, you gotta watch Super Ninja Steel. If you watch Beast Morphers, you gotta go with Super Beast Morphers or whatever the fuck is next. I don't know. I'll find that out when I get to that show, inevitably. But, yeah. Like I said, it it was okay, but not as entertaining. And I will say, it was a struggle to sit through some of these episodes. Like I said, it it had a few great moments. But as far as binge-watching goes, it was not as fun as the other series were. So, uh, like I said, there's only been a couple duds that I've seen. The rest of these have been pretty fun and interesting. So, chop it up to one bad egg. All right, and on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take another break here because this will wrap up the Power Rangers Dino Charge review. And when we come back, we're going to review Power Rangers Ninja Steel here on the Boochcast. So you guys sit tight. We shall return right after this.
Hello, and welcome back to the Boochcast. During the break, we played the theme song to Power Rangers Ninja Steel, which I am very excited to be able to talk about here on the Boochcast. Now, some of you might be wondering why I chose now to talk about Power Rangers Ninja Steel. Well, the reason I chose now to do it was because recently on Netflix, I discovered that season two of Power Rangers Beast Morphers, which of course is the next uh, Power Rangers story that takes place after Ninja Steel. Season 2 is going to drop this Thursday, October 15th on Netflix. So now with season two finally done and it airing, just all the episodes are done. Everything is good to go. Uh, Obviously, I'm going to start binge watching Beast Morphers at some point, whether I binge watch it Thursday when I get home from work or I might just binge watch it over the weekend. I don't know. Uh, But I do know that now Beast Morphers is available to watch. And as a result, I will be binge watching it on Netflix. So now that I got the time to do it, I'm going to do it because I wanted to wait for both seasons of Beast Morphers to show up before I did that. And of course, after that, the coolest part about this is I will officially be all caught up with the entire Power Rangers series. I can honestly say, as a Power Ranger fan, I will have seen every single series of the Power Rangers that there is as of this moment. Because, once again, and this is usually the portion of the show where a lot of um, diehard Boochcast fans are going to hate my guts... But because I always assume that there's new people jumping into the Boochcast, I have to do the one thing that I always do when I talk about the Power Rangers, and that is give the backstory. So again, for the diehard Boochcast fans, bear with me. I got to do this for the newbies. The reason I have chosen to do this is because the result of me watching every single Power Rangers series has been a three-year mission for me. Because I did this all on Netflix. From the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers all the way up to right now with Ninja Steel. I have seen all of these. Beast Morphers is the only one that's left and then after that will be Power Rangers Dino Fury which is set to come out in 2021. Filming actually began last Sunday at the time that you're listening to this. It was the previous Sunday, October 4th. Filming actually began. So they're now in the process of filming the new Power Rangers series which is going to premiere on Nickelodeon sometime in 2021 and when it does because of the way my schedule is now I'll be able to follow along whether I watch it at home or watch it on demand I will be able to see the Power Rangers going forward which I'm actually really excited to do now the reason I've chosen to go on this odyssey is because three years ago I went to Dragon Con uh, because at the time I was still working for the regular guys Uh, Larry and I had uh, gotten gigs at 12.30 a.m. The Fan 2 at Dickie Broadcasting. And one of the things we wanted to do was get us into Dragon Con. Now, because Dragon Con is usually the end of August, beginning of September, and we as as a radio show didn't get started until the end of July, it was hard to get us in. But somehow I managed to get a press pass and go. But because we were late entrance to Dragon Con, 
we weren't able to get interviews with the big names that were there. I did get some interviews while I was there, and you can catch them in the Dragon Con interview section of the Boochcast. I have a whole playlist where I interviewed um, Kevin Dockery, who was the founder of the Armory, which was a section of Dragon Con that basically showed a lot of weapons and bombing vests and things like that. Like, cool things you could check out. Now, of course, all the guns were unloaded, except for one. Only one gun was loaded, but Kevin said he doesn't mention which one it is, but the only reason it's loaded is in case someone tries to come in there and be an active shooter. Like, if an active shooter comes in there to the area, they have a gun that they can use to protect anyone that comes in. So, that's why he keeps it a secret, because no one else can grab the loaded gun, except for him, who is an expert with guns. He's trained. So, Kevin Dockery, we had a great interview with him. Then, of course, I met the the track director for the Armory, uh, Teresa Patterson, who was also in charge of the Blades. They had, like, legendary knight swords and things like that. And they also had a steel combat competition, which was basically knights that do, like, a mixed martial arts thing with knights and armor and swords and fighting. And I got to meet the points champion and interview him afterwards because Teresa, I interviewed her inside the Armory, and then she invited me to come see that. So I tell that story as well. I also had an interview with Archangel Films, which consisted of Angelique Fawcett, her husband Stephen, Paul Lysak, and a cameo appearance from the rapper Bone Crusher, who showed up because he was there for the premiere. And basically they were doing a premiere for their Star Trek parody movie, Unbelievable, which recently uh, came out. Uh, it came out uh, a few months ago during the pandemic. They released it as a virtual thing for everyone to watch, and they made changes and updates to it, and everything was great. And Angelique was somebody that I became really good friends with and got a chance to really talk to her and you know we've stayed friends on Facebook we've talked back and forth she even said if I ever came out to California to let her know and I'm definitely gonna do that because I definitely would love to you know hang out with her and talk to her and everything and I had a great great time talking to her she's a genuine wonderful person this is a great Star Trek parody movie so that was one of the cool things I got to do so I got to interview them but also while I was at Dragon Con I talked to this, I met this guy uh, while I was walking around. He had a Mighty Morphin Power Ranger t-shirt on. And while we were hanging out and talking, we started talking about Power Rangers. And he asked me about my history of the Power Rangers. Now, up until this point, my only history with the Power Rangers was I watched as a kid from Mighty Morphin all the way up to Lost Galaxy. After that, I stopped. I saw bits and pieces of Lightspeed Rescue, but that was about it. I didn't watch any of the other Power Rangers series. I had grown out of it. Power Rangers was not for me anymore. I moved on to other things. I just didn't enjoy it after that. Well, he got we got to talking, and he basically told me about how great the other series were and some of the cool moments that happened and the cameo appearances from Classic Rangers since then. And he said that I should really go back and see those other series. And I said, do you really think it's worth it? He said, 100%. So I made it my mission on Netflix to binge watch. So I started from the first episode of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers with the original five and binged all the way up. Now, obviously it took me three years because I didn't actually sit down and binge them all at once. Obviously I spaced them out over the course of the three years because obviously with all the work that I've been doing, I don't have a lot of time to really sit and binge watch. So I made a project out of it. Now the cool part was at the time I was still working at Lowe's. 
So whenever I was in lumber or the garden center, back when we had the hut and everything, I could put it on and I could watch some of it on my phone because I used to have the Netflix app on my phone. And I would binge watch on my phone whenever there were no customers around or no managers or anybody that could see me. So I was able to binge watch it that way. So I found ways to do it throughout the course of the three years. And then, of course, as my schedule got lighter and things got a lot easier, I was able to binge watch. And especially with the pandemic, I was able to really get a lot of it done. That was when I really got back into it and just started knocking them all out because uh, HVMA wasn't giving me a lot of hours. So I had basically Wednesdays and Thursdays off to do whatever I wanted. So I would just use those days to binge watch. And Power Rangers was one of the shows I binge watched during the pandemic when I had nowhere else to go except for Lowe's. So I pretty much stayed home. So I used that opportunity to finish binge watching and got all the way up to this point. And I can honestly say for the most part, this guy was absolutely right. Because there were some Power Rangers series that I watched and I loved them to death. Some of them I watched and I found out they kind of sucked and I'm probably not going to watch them again. But the experience has been very rewarding for me. And in a way, it kind of brought back my love for the Power Rangers. Because before I became a wrestling fanatic, I was a Power Ranger fanatic. I loved the Power Rangers as a kid. In fact, when I was a, when I was a child for a period of time, I actually loved Power Rangers more than I liked pro wrestling. Then as I got older, Power Rangers went away, wrestling took over, but I got when I got back into Power Rangers, I realized a lot of these series are really good. Some of the acting is still a little eh, but it's gotten a lot better and the character development's gotten a lot better and some of these have really dark fucked up stories, but they're fun for the they're fun to enjoy, so I genuinely love this and you know some of these I recommend some of them I don't but you'll know as you watch each one of the Power Ranger stories that I tell so that's why I got into this and I'm happy that the journey is nearly complete and like I said uh the one that I need that I'm going to be seeing next year is Power Rangers Dino Fury so once I get to that point that'll be you know obviously the next one to see but for now I'm almost at the end because I just have Beast Morphers to watch which I'm going to start doing either this coming weekend or next week or whatever but I just know Beast Morphers is now on my list so we're gonna get so let's get started with that and Power Rangers Ninja Steel is the 24th season of the American children's television program Power Rangers the season was produced primarily using footage costumes and props from Japanese 39th Super Sentai series Shuriken Sentai Ninninger with minimal costume and prop elements being recycled from Risha Sentai Togger. the show was produced by Saban Brands and premiered on Nickelodeon on January 21st, 2017. The second season of Ninja Steel and 25th Power Rangers season overall, Power Rangers Super Ninja Steel, premiered on January 27th, 2018. As the 25th anniversary season of the franchise, Super Ninja Steel featured popular Rangers from past seasons. Ninja Steel was the last Power Rangers series to have toys manufactured and distributed by Bandai, and Super Ninja Steel was the last season produced by Saban Brands. The Power Rangers franchise was acquired by Hasbro in 2018. Good to know. So, Season 1, Ninja Steel. Galvanex is the reigning champion of Galaxy Warriors, the most popular intergalactic TV game show in the universe where contestants from all over the universe battle to prove who is the galaxy's mightiest warrior. He has become determined to make himself invincible by controlling the mythical Ninja Nexus Prism, which contains a supernatural Ninja Nexus star. Meanwhile, the Prism, flying through space, lands at the house of Master Dane, 
Nero, who chips off old fragments of the prison's metallic coating, creating the legendary Ninja Steel. When Galvanus came to Earth soon after, Master Dane Romero fought him to keep him from obtaining the Nexus Star, and apparently sacrificed himself to thwart Galvanus's plan, while in the process separating the Nexus Star into six separate Ninja Power Stars, though Galvanus and his minions, Madame Otis and Ripcon, made off with his son, Brody. Ten years later, an enslaved Brody escapes from Galvanex's ship with the Prism, the Power Stars, and fellow slaves Redbot and Mechanic, and returns to Earth, descending into the city of Summer Cove, where they meet high school students Preston Tian, Sarah Thompson, Calvin Maxwell, and Haley Foster, who manage to retrieve the Power Stars from the Prism and morph into the Ninja Steel Power Rangers. Furious at the outcome, Galvanex sends his warrior contestants to Earth to steal the Prism, where each epic battle against the Rangers is broadcast throughout the universe. Together, the Rangers must master their arsenal of Power Stars, Megamorph Cycles, and Zords. They are all made from the Ninja Steel in order to stop this evil threat and save the Earth from destruction. During their battles, they gain a new addition to their team in the form of country singer Levi Weston, who receives his own Power Star and became the Gold Ranger. He is later revealed to be Brody's long-lost brother, Aiden. During the battle against Galvanex, the, ne- the Ninja Nexus Prism restores Brody's broken Ninja Red Red Ninja Power Star, where it not only turns Mick into an alternative Red Ranger, but also restores Master Dane Romero. The Rangers are able to destroy Galvanex with the Ninja Nexus Prism going inactive, but Madame Otis survives the unexpected Ninja Steel meteor attack on Galvanex's ship. So, this one is a very, very interesting show. Now, I will say there is one aspect of this season that I'm not particularly a fan of. And that is, there are a large, 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 large amounts of fart jokes. And I'm sorry, but there are some fart jokes that are funny. But overall, I find fart jokes to be incredibly annoying, incredibly stupid, and just not helpful comedically. I, I, I don't, I don't like fart jokes. I don't like scenes where somebody's constantly farting and passing gas. I don't need to hear that. I don't need to see that. It's not comedic to me. I think it's stupid and juvenile. And doesn't need to be used today. And I get that Power Rangers is for kids, but still, it's fucking stupid and it's it's cheap comedy. And cheap comedy doesn't work for me. So anyway, uh, an interesting thing here is what I've learned with just about every season of the Power Rangers is there's a formula with each one. There's the main Power Rangers, a main villain, a way to make the monster grow, and there's always a version of Bulk and Skull in all of them. And in this one, it's Victor Vincent and Monty. Basically, Victor Vincent is this jock who is incredibly stuck up, and Monty is basically a fucking nerd that is meant to be his sidekick and basically tries to help him in every ridiculous idea that he comes up with. Whether it's cheating to win a game or trying to get his name in the paper for being famous or whatever stupid idea that he has. He's always following him around and doing things incredibly dumb. But what's also interesting about this is the different character developments you see with each person. For example, we notice we have Calvin and Haley are in a relationship. So they're dating even though they're also Power Ranger, You get to see the ongoing uh, struggles throughout the relationship, like the fact that Haley doesn't know if Calvin is serious about the relationship sometimes, and, you know, sometimes Calvin makes a lot of stupid mistakes, and Haley gets mad, and you see the ongoing struggles in their relationship. At one point, uh, Redbot writes a book about being a hero, and, you know, tries to take credit for all the stuff the Power Rangers did, 
He eventually gets made out to be a liar and nobody likes him until Redbot finally does do something heroic, saves a young boy's life, and that young boy, you know, changes his mind about Redbot and later, you know, people become a fan of his in his own way. And it basically is meant to teach people that, you know, lying can come back to bite you in the ass, basically. So, and this is just a great, amazing story. And obviously, the reuniting of Brody and Levi is great because you find out Levi is the brother Aiden because at one point, it looks like um, Brody's long-lost brother shows up, but it turns out to be a robot that has all of Brody's childhood memories. They found out later, they did, they did, they kidnapped Aiden, stripped him of his memory, childhood memories, gave him to the robot, and basically he didn't remember anything. So he grew up to be a country singer, Levi Weston, because he had a great singing voice and had no memory of Brody, but you could tell when Levi joins them because he basically was a country singer doing a show. Uh, Brody wasn't really a big fan of his, which intrigued Levi, but, you know, Brody eventually saved Levi's life, so in exchange, they help him out, but they find out he has a power star, so he morphs into the Gold Ranger, helps them out, they all become friends and on the same team, but eventually after fighting the android, uh, Levi regains his memory while Brody is singing this song on stage and they remember everything and that's when Levi gets his memory back realizes he's Aiden but he keeps the name Levi to avoid getting caught and then of course when the dad comes back that's even better and Mick of course is very entertaining because after they escape the ship they decide to have a to hold their headquarters in the shop class because nobody really uses that section of the school and Mick decides to stay on and be the shop teacher the mecha- the auto teacher and that allows him to remain in plain sight with a secret identity while secretly helping the rangers and of course Redbot's a robot so he's not allowed to be seen or heard or any of that shit and it forms a great relationship from there and ultimately they defeat the bad guy but not before going through other trials and tribulations like when Calvin and Haley decide to run for office at school but are thrown into a discord by a monster who's capable of recording their voices and mimicking them so they try starting wars between them and not getting along and Haley in a lot of ways being disrespectful to Calvin treating him like he's stupid which makes her realize that she's not being a good girlfriend in that regard and of course it's following the pattern of having a Halloween and a Christmas special where they have a Halloween board game that they play that gets them sucked into a trap where they must confront monsters they've already beaten inside the board game. And also there's this cat-like monster named Cleocatra who freezes the Power Rangers in revenge for defeating Cataclock. And then Sarah and Santa Claus have to travel through time to save the day. So it's kind of a cool Christmas special which I thought is entertaining. And I love the fact that they've now decided to save these till the end of the series in a way. Or at least they air them but they air them like afterwards shit like the crit like the halloween special airs but has no real connection to the series and the christmas special kind of airs at the end as well so when you watch them on netflix you see them at the end but they don't really hold any bearing on the special on the i mean on the show but another one I thought was really cool was the Ribbon Tree episode, where there's a river tree is in danger of being cut down by Preston's wealthy dad. Preston must learn to stand up to his father to say what's important. Meanwhile, Ripper Rat's brother Trapsaw tries to trap the Rangers but fails every time. Brody has another encounter with Ripcon. A man appears claiming to be Brody's long-lost brother Aiden. That's where the robot comes in. But they basically are protesting this tree, but they realize that what ultimately makes Preston's dad not want to tear the tree down is the fact that he sees a ribbon from Preston's mother 
um, his dad's wife, obviously. And that's what ultimately makes him not want to cut the tree down. He forgot that his wife put something up there. And of course, his wife had died. So it brought back emotional stuff for him. And of course, Preston is a magician. So he tries to do a lot of magic tricks. But at one point, he skips ahead in this book when he's not supposed to and ultimately starts fucking things up. Because the number one thing they teach him is to don't jump ahead. You have to learn each trick first. And it basically, it's a way of trying to teach people that you have to learn the basics before you can master something advanced. If you try to skip ahead, you won't know what the fuck you're doing. So anyway, uh, after all of this happens, we get to Super Ninja Steel, where the heroic teens find themselves face-to-face with an old enemy when they discover that Madame Oz is still alive and is more determined than ever to steal the Ninja Nexus prism and revive its powers for her nefarious purposes with the assistance of Badana, Brax, and General Tenemon. Now it is up to the Rangers and some unexpected help from new friends to use the power of teamwork to protect the prison, defeat Madame Otis, and save the world. Sledge and his crew from Dino Charge escape from a wormhole due to the events from Power Rangers' Dino Supercharged finale end of extension, though they did not fade away from existence by the history alteration except Fury and Curio after their past selves are destroyed assume there is a side effect from the wormhole that kept them from being erased. Thus arriving in the main dimension of the Power Rangers multiverse. After finding the wreckage of the Warrior Dome and the survivors of the asteroid collision including Madame Otis and Cosmo Royale, Sledge offers to fix the ship in exchange for the asteroid, which is covered in Ninja Super Steel, a metal even stronger than Ninja Steel. Instead, Otis tricks them, him, and gains the loyalty of a prisoner of his named Bart Badona, takes the Super Ninja Steel for herself, and gets the ship fixed regardless. Putting Galaxy Warriors back on the air, Odious, Badana, and a new contestant named Smellifant attack Earth to revive the Ninja Nexus prism and forge evil ninja stars from Super Steel. Thanks to prior warning from returning Mick and using every trick up their sleeves, the former Rangers managed to claim the Super Steel and regain their powers, though much stronger than before. With new and improved powers and gear, the Rangers protect the ninja power stars from Odious and her warrior contestants. In order to get an edge on them, Badana books a ragtag team of galactic ninjas intent on proving their superiority to the Earth ninjas. Odious hatches a plan to send the, gal- the galactic ninjas into fatal battles in order to claim their ninja medallions for the creation of Foxatron, her own zord. Foxatron destroys the ninja ultra zord, leaving the ranger zord stars burned and in no condition for use. Luckily, with the help of the three mysterious cloaked figures, they are able to repair the zord stars and destroy Foxatron with their new ninja blaze megazord. Gained by proving to the prism and their co- that they're kind at heart enough to be worth uh, worthy of such power. As revenge, Odious forms an alliance with Lord Draven, ruler of an evil dimension known as the Antiverse. The two plan to unite all dimensions into one and use an army of Robo Ranger clones to conquer them all. Forging the Ninja Steel Rangers and a team of legendary rangers, including the three cloaked figures revealed to be Wes Collins, Gemma from RPM, and Coda from Dino Charge, as well as Tommy Oliver, Catherine Hilliard, Hilliard Rocky DeSantos, Trent Fernandez Mercer, TJ Johnson, Antonio Garcia, and Gia Moran, all of whom escaped Draven's captivity, are able to destroy Draven and stop the merging of the dimensions. After the fall of the Galactic Ninjas and Draven's demise, Odeus continues to plot the Ranger's downfall, even as going even as going as far as to trick the legendary space sheriff Skyfire into viewing the Rangers as thieves, while the sheriff was hunting a warranted criminal and demolitions expert named Blamo, which who was a contestant on Galaxy Wars at the time. Odeus makes yet another deal, this time with General Tenemon, manager of a famous fight named Brax. Tenemon is actually a small monster using a robot suit to look big, hoping Odious will grant him to grow big if he can get the power stars and destroy the rangers. While he does succeed in testing out her mind control device and thus gaining Mick as an ally, the monster is only able to achieve his dream for a small amount of time as he's destroyed by the rangers. Rodius, however, losing Tenemon is meaningless as Mick can help her launch her ultimate plan. Mick promises up a broadcast a signal which will mind control the whole planet. A monster named Gorox disguises as a TV producer to get humans for the, her broadcast. The audition he holds 
Vince causes Calvin and Haley to argue and break up, while Victor and Monty are chosen for the role. Gorosh reveals himself and is destroyed along with the vengeful Brax in battle with the Rangers. Unfortunately, they are unable to stop her as Odious now controls half the human race and has ambushed Summer Cove High. While Sarah and Haley sneak into the Warrior Dome to save a mind-controlled Calvin, the Romero brothers and Preston watch as Odious turns the Nexus Prism evil and forces the Ninja Nexus Superstar, revealing she's wanted to control an army with the Prism's power for a thousand years. The three are then forced to fight Brody and Levi's father, whom was also mind-controlled. Luckily, Haley destroys the satellite and gets back together with a free Calvin. Odious's former human soldiers escape with Victor and Monty's help, leading to the destruction of the Warrior Dome and demise of, Cos of Cosmo Royale and Madonna. Despite having her plan failed, Odious is still able to unite with the, Ninja with the Nexus Superstar. The Rangers unite in order to combat a seemingly unstoppable Odious, infuse themselves with the power of the Nexus Star with a little help from Prexton's magic. Try as she may, Odious is no match for a whole team of those with equal powers to hers. Falling in their final battle, when the Rangers combine their Nexus Stars, combined with the Nexus Power and bringing peace to Earth. Victor and Monty are rewarded for their bravery and helping to stop Odious while the Rangers return their powers to the Nexus Ninja Nexus Prism, which uses its power to reforge its Ninja Steel Crust and flies off in search of another planet in need. With Mick remaining on Earth as their teacher, though remaining in contact with his family through satellite, the Rangers return to life as normal high school students, unaware that Sledge and his crew are still alive elsewhere in space. Later, Sledge and his crew return again on Christmas, where they where they use the Rebuild Warriors dome ship to start Poissandra's talk show. With help from Coda, the Blue Dino, Charge Ranger, and Santa Claus, Sledge and his crew, along with the ship and reprogrammed Basher bots, are all destroyed this time for good. Afterwards, Coda invites the Steel Rangers back to his world to spend Christmas with him. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That was Ninja Steel, and obviously, uh, Super Ninja Steel had some great, great moments, like Sarah trying to break the record for the fastest hoverboard by using strange alien technology left behind by Galactic Ninja Speedwing. Uh, at one point, Brody was accused of stealing something from one of his teachers. At the end, the Rangers are attacked by Maddie Moses Evil's or the Fox of Tron after Galactic, after Galactic Ninja Rigor is destroyed, and Venema is forced to give Odie the Ninja medallions. Because apparently there was an accident, and something was knocked off and landed in Brody's bag. She thought he directly stole it. He said, I'm not going to apologize because I didn't steal from you. So he got kicked out of this field trip, but eventually the teacher found out she was wrong, apologized to Brody. Brody accepted her apology and everything was great. But it was genuinely a great story about a guy sticking to his convictions knowing that it would have ruined everything for him you know it just goes to show you don't confess to a crime you didn't commit even if you go down swinging stick to your convictions because if I didn't do something I don't care what the evidence says I'm not going to confess to a crime I didn't commit and I'm never going to apologize for something I didn't do Brody didn't do that and he was smart for not doing it and then of course you know, there was another scene where Levi met a street performer and tried to change himself to impress her, unaware she's a monster trying to turn him evil, <laughs> which ironically is how some women can be. You know, they, you know, a guy, it also goes to show, like, don't change who you are to try to impress somebody, especially when that person has no good intentions for you. But I will say the one thing I did find the most interesting was the fact that we finally get some cameo appearances, but they're from classic Rangers, like Tommy Oliver, who and what's cool about this is they actually have like special morphers this go around where Tommy could morph into the Green Ranger, the White Ranger, the Zeo Red Ranger, um, the Black Dino Ranger, pretty much every Power Ranger he's ever been. Then you got Rocky DeSantos, who was the Blue Zeo Ranger, as well as the second Red Ranger, Catherine, who was, um, you know, the second Mighty Pink Ranger, the 
first Zeo Ranger, who the, the Zeo Ranger, and the first Pink Ranger. Then you got TJ, who was the Blue Space Ranger and the second Red Turbo Ranger. You have Trent Fernandez, who was the Dino Ranger, White Dino Ranger. Antonio Garcia, the Gold Samurai Ranger. And Gia, who was the Yellow Megaforce Ranger. But once again, this is one of those scenarios where you don't see a team up from... The closest thing we saw to a team up from the previous was Coda as the Dino Charge Ranger. And again, it's one of those things where as happy as I am to see the classic Rangers back and some of these old guys that are really great, I still want to see that one episode where they team up with... I wanted to see the Dino Rangers teaming up with the with the Ninja Steel Rangers. Not just Coda. The whole fucking gang. I wanted them all back. Especially with Sledge involved. All the Dino Rangers should have came back. Every single one of them. The only one you could have excluded is maybe the special ones. But at least the main five or six should have been there. I felt. But... You know, once again, uh, beggars can't be choosers. So you got to go with what's on the list. And of course, the popular Halloween and, you know, you know, the Halloween, the Christmas specials are there. And like always, the Halloween specials just randomly there. And the Christmas special becomes a continuation of everything that goes down after the final episode. It's basically the Rangers coming out of retirement for one more fight before they ultimately have to move on with their lives. But overall, I will say Ninja Steel was epic. It was fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, I thought this was very entertaining. I felt that the emotional moment when uh, Levi and Brody find out that they're actually brothers because Levi remembers everything and you hear them singing that family song. I think that is a great, great episode. Great episode. Very special. And I know in the previous segment, I said I was going to put a Wheeler Walker Jr. song as the outro, but I decided that I'm going to save that for another show. Maybe next week. I might say that for next week's show because instead for the outro song I'm gonna play the family song that Brody and Levi sing I'm gonna play that scene for you guys because I think it's very emotional very well done and you guys should definitely hear it so anyway this is my review of Power Rangers Ninja Steel again I highly recommend this for you guys to check out and obviously this Thursday uh, on Netflix uh, the second season of Beast Morphers comes out so if you guys want to check it out feel free I know I'm going to be watching it and then like I said once I finish both seasons at some point I will be coming back with a review of Beast Morphers now depending on when we take our hiatus we'll determine whether or not that comes out but the one thing that I will promise you guys is I will be doing a review of Power Rangers Beast Morphers before Dino Fury comes out on Nickelodeon now obviously it's coming out in 2021 so I have some time but rest assured before that comes out I will be doing a review of Power Power Rangers Beast Morphers. Whether it's an official return for the show or if I just decide to record it for the hell of it and release it as a separate track, uh, I might do that. But I will make sure that Beast Morphers comes out before Dino Fury. So that, ladies and gentlemen, will once again conclude my review of Power Rangers Ninja Steel, which also means we made it to the finish line, ladies and gentlemen. This is officially the end of the Power Rangers compilation. All three parts have all of the Power Ranger reviews we did from my Mighty Morphin Power Rangers all the way up to Ninja Steel. Now, as I mentioned before, if you would like to hear the review of Power Rangers Beast Morphers, that is available on its own separate track here on all of the podcast platforms that the Boochcast is on. And that episode is entitled Rangers Forever Defenders Together. So that's where you can check out Power Rangers Beast Morphers. Now, I will be reposting it later this week on all of our social media 
have Facebook and Twitter where I post all of the uh, Power Rangers reviews, but I'm just letting you know it's on a separate track. Now, as far as Power Rangers Dino Fury is concerned, as I mentioned before, I'm waiting for the second half of season two to show up on Netflix, and then when it does, I will proceed to binge watch the series, and then I will provide a review of it, and it will, and that will be on its own separate track here on the Boochcast as well. So Dino Fury is coming soon. I just got to wait the second half to pop up so I can binge watch the whole entire thing. And speaking of the podcast platforms, you can follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there or be a super fan and follow us on all five hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. That's where we have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at theboochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Uh, Be sure to check out our uh, YouTube channel for all of our exclusive video content. You can also hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. Also, you can follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, November the 26th for WWE Survivor Series. That's right. One of the big four of WWE. We will be holding a watch party for that. Now, this watch party will be held in one of two locations. Uh, The first option is it could be done in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, because I'll be there with Buff Bagwell for the uh, WrestleCade event. We'll be down there with uh, Scotty Riggs doing a big uh, American Males uh, featurette uh, for all the fans out there. You can come see the American Males at WrestleCade. Um, So we could be doing one from Winston-Salem. Whether or not Scotty Riggs will join us, I do not know, but one thing is certain. uh, If Buff and I decide to do it from there, it will have me, Buff Bagwell, and anybody else who wants to join us. Now, if we are not able to do it in Winston-Salem, then of course my team here in Georgia, they will provide the watch party as well but either way our watch party will take place on Saturday November the 26th and for those who don't have Peacock we will be providing a bootleg link for you guys to check out and that special treat that's what we call it on Twitch will be available at 7pm one hour before the pay per view starts that'll be on our Twitter page also coming soon will be our uh, Boochcast D&D show which we're still trying to work out the kinks on that uh, John's house is currently under construction once that's fixed up we will proceed with the planning out for the game we also got our boochcast booking battle and a special surprise that we're going to be having here soon um i don't want to give anything away yet but i just want to know we're working out the kinks everybody's doing their part to get it done uh so we're just slowly but surely making it happen so when we're ready to reveal it we will and i promise you you guys are gonna love it and of course, you guys can support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three different levels you can donate at. The first level you can donate at is for 99 cents. That's $1 per month. This is for people who want to help us out but don't have a lot of money to spend. I know uh, you know times are tough financially with uh, gas prices going up and a lot of other crazy shit. Uh, some of 
have you, uh, don't have a lot of money to spend. So if you want to help us out, but you're in a financial crisis, the 99 cents level is for you because it's a dollar. You're not going to miss it, but it'll still help us out a great deal. But if you got some extra spending cash, you can go up to the next level, which is $4.99 per month, $5. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. That's right. The same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since sold to the Peacock, you got nowhere to put that $9.99. So take that $9.99, bring it over here. We got better content than the Network, and unlike the WWE, we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. And the best part is, all the money that we raise goes back into the show in some capacity to help it evolve and make it better for the fans. We use it to upgrade our equipment, we use it to bring in bigger name guests, pay our bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and you believe they deserve to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then then, if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest to feed Zach his ramen noodles and try, try and try, try and try to get him laid. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Booch Cast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! <laughs> Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.